Hey everyone, today is Thursday, the 26th of March, 2020. This is The Gap, episode 509. I'm Luke Laurie. Job Gorey is here. How's your week going, Job? Things are still hectic over there? Yeah, I mean, we still haven't caught up to you guys, so uh, we're still not in full lockdown or whatever, and yeah, uh, yeah I'm kind of burning out on paying attention to this shit. Which right. probably isn't ideal, but like that's just we just lack any fucking direction in Australia. So uh Yeah, we're I, I saw a post go up, um I don't know how old this is, but about hairdressers. Oh yeah. And like they apparently have told hairdressers that they can stay open, but they've gotta keep two meters away from people or something like that. <laughs> and they've gotta limit it to thirty minute sessions. Is that real? Uh, no, they rescind, rescinded the thirty-minute uh, like limit literally this morning. Mm. Um, oh, so you can still go. So you just go to the hairdresser now, and they just take. Oh, they just have to well. stand two meters away from you. Um, that also isn't true. Uh, oh, basically, the rule is just fucking do whatever. At this point, just fucking do whatever. Uh, like. Scott Morrison came on the fucking, stood in front of a bunch of fucking cameras and then said, you know, only go to the shops. We're going to the footy. Only leave the house if you're, you know, an essential worker. And by the way, an essential worker is anyone who works. So, oh, and, you know, we're closing all the shopping centers. Um, don't go to the shops unless you absolutely need to do anything. By the way, actually, we're not closing the shopping centers. Uh, and all retail will still be open. Uh, just don't go buy anything you don't absolutely need, but retail's still open. Just fucking do whatever, right? Like, that's that cunt is literally going to get people killed. Fuck Scott Morrison. He is a fucking moron, and he's going to get people killed. Uh, and, yeah, basically every single death from here on out should be on his fucking hands. He's a dipshit. And yeah, our, the Australian government just has no fucking, no fucking idea what they're doing. Uh, like I said, I, I said this earlier. That fucking that scene in Fight Club, where mm. they're like, oh, you know, they they weigh up the cost. If they weigh up the cost of a lawsuit, right, and it's less than the cost of a total recall of the cars where the brakes fail, then they just won't do the recall. They'll just wear the lawsuit. That's basically Australia's mm. strategy is to just not do the recall. Just let people die and deal with it afterwards because, yeah. Yeah, they're fucking dirtbag cunts. Anyway, we got to, like, I, I, I got to stop. I, I basically have to stop looking at coronavirus shit because I'm just getting fucking angrier and angrier. As I, like, my, yeah. my dad is hyper vulnerable. Like, he's got yeah. a compromised immune system and he's pretty old. My grandfather uh, has prostate cancer. Like, it's just returned. Um, so he's super vulnerable. Uh, my grandma, she's got an immune deficiency. She's super vulnerable. Like, and they're all old as well. So they're already in the fucking vulnerable category. And they're all, they've all got compromised immune systems. Like, these people are just going to fucking die. Right? And the Australian government doesn't give a single fuck. And that's hmm. pretty fucking wild to me. Um, yeah. Uh, just, so I, I gotta stop looking at it because I'm just getting fucking 
riled up about. Let's just let's skip over but, the coronavirus things. I think. <laughs> right, I was going to ask you a question, but that's all right. We'll skip over it. I'm just yeah, uh, I'm fucking. I'm, it's it's cooked, man. It's so fucking cooked. No, because I, I know that you had a. Um, I saw you posting about a trip you had planned or something like that, and you couldn't get your money back. Or yeah, yeah, is that well, still the case? I mean, you can't. I can't even call Qantas <clears throat> because they sent out an email requesting that if your flight isn't in like like soon. Hmm. don't call because they're so inundated with phone calls that like people are like they're like a four hour wait time type shit yeah so I can't even call up and and work out what's going on like I can't like get a refund you can't get refunds online you have to call someone basically Uh, because otherwise they'll just like their default system is they sting you with a, a fee that, in my case, because mm. I bought my flights on sale, is half yeah. the price of the fucking flight itself. And because they don't know when this, like, the international flights restriction is going to end, you know, like, you can't say, oh, well, it's inside of that fucking window, right? Oh, well, I can't fly. I couldn't fly right now. So, like, I can't say that. I mean, that's part of the problem as well, you know, like, fucking, because the government won't call for a lockdown, all this other shit keeps keeps on having to go, like, fucking, the retail, fucking, retail workers, right? Like, some some person working in a clothes shop where nobody's going in to buy clothes anymore because everyone's fucking, you know, doing the right thing and practicing social distancing, right? But the the store owner still has to pay the fucking staff because the Australian government won't call for a full lockdown won't close the fucking shopping centers this is the exact same thing that's happening in the fucking like air, airline industry is like they've turned off they've put away all of their fucking flights they're like well we're not done hmm. we cut off 90% of all our flights for however long we're laying off 9,000 about 10,000 staff or some shit or standing them down right but, but they like there's no chance that they can like put a definitive end on any of this shit because the government won't take the fucking lead and obviously there's no way to know when the fuck coronavirus is going to go away but like yeah it just complicates everything because government's a pack of fucking dipshits anyway like so yeah we can't like there's no point in me calling because I'm going to have to sit on the phone for four fucking hours and I'm not doing it online because I'm not getting stung $800 for cancelling flights they can go fuck themselves like the yeah yeah the alternative at this point would be to charge back on my credit card but it's I know it's not fraud so that would be hyper unethical and it'd probably get me in trouble with the bank um so yeah I just have to wait until it's a bit closer they do something yeah yeah they they um because we got our flights uh cancelled yeah. within the last week or so yeah. and uh they sent an email out basically saying like that the flights are being cancelled you'll get a credit on your account yeah. And we're like, no, that's not happening. No, no give me my money <laughs> no, back. No, we want our fucking money yeah. back. Um, and like, you have to use that credit in a certain amount of yeah. time. Uh, I think, like, within it's like within basically twelve months, had, like or some six shit. months or something. Oh, I, was, I think huh? it's twelve months if you go. Like, we had the like, we've got the same option. We can get the credit back, but mm. I want the fucking money. And yeah, yeah, it's like, oh yeah, the credit will last until I think the end of next year or some shit, right? Like, so actually, ours was like this. 
it was either September or oh really uh, a year after you booked it, so it would have been like uh, January. Yeah, maybe it was next year. Yeah, maybe it was then that this yeah. year because I I booked. But anyway, last year. So we, we were talking about it because we had we had other people flying in from overseas that were going to be we were going to do this thing. Um, and anyway, so this morning we jumped on and looked at it and they had a full refund page up there now so yeah, you just click the, the button right. yeah. and uh, um, there was like two sections one where you initiate a credit and the second one was like I want a full refund and you click the refund button it's like it basically just goes to the next page and says you, it's being processed it'll take a while yeah. blah 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 Right. so it looks like they've gone to that stage where they're going to be pe- giving people their money yeah, back right. um, which is another thing because like we were um, we were we were planning on coming back to Sydney in a couple of months yep. and having a big party when we got back there, mm. um, and we've had to obviously cancel that. But we had a bit of trouble getting our deposit back from the funk the venue oh, really? that we were holding it at. Um, <clears throat> yeah, they were not going to give our money back. Really? <laughs> so, um, the way we found out about it was that I saw some social media posts on their Facebook page or their Instagram saying that they had limited the amount of people they were having in their venue. Right. Um, and so we hit them up because we had this function coming and saying like, uh, what's going on? Uh, like, it, how long is this happening for? Blah, blah, blah type stuff. Um, and they said, yeah, we've limited the amount of people um, that we're going to have in the venue. So we went back to them and said, okay, well, we've actually got to cancel our event then because we've got like we had a, a venue booked and we had this many people yeah. and obviously we can't do that anymore um and they said well we can cancel it but we can't give you your money back as a refund because it's part of our like policy um and so we were like no uh as per like the terms and conditions we agreed to this in our contract yeah. like for this many people and so after a couple of emails they eventually gave in and but they were like dead set gonna literally do nothing for this event and then take like five grand worth of money that's crazy (laughs) yeah that's shit um and like at the end of the day it's it's like it's understandable that but at the same time it's not our fault that this has happened and it's also not your fault but you can't keep people's money yeah (laughs) for something that's out of their control and then also at the top of that like uh, they haven't done anything to earn that money either. Like it was still months out. It's not like they they're losing business or anything like that from it because yeah, they've had to cancel other requests or anything. Like yeah, it just fucking annoyed the shit out of me. Um, yeah, I was so close to lighting them up on social media about it as well, but they eventually gave in and were like, all right, we'll give you, we'll send you your money back. But fuck that annoyed yeah, me. That's- just stuff like that where like businesses are obviously trying to take advantage of people that are in. Um, you know this sort of situation that can't really do anything about it yeah it's a, it's a bit fucked yeah yeah, yeah it's shit um, I think we anyway, a lot of it anyway um, speaking about something else that's shit I watched uh, Doom Annihilation uh, a few days back which is a a uh, Doom film right. on I think it's available on Netflix at this stage and it is not a sequel to the Doom film that The Rock was in. And I think uh, Carl Urban was in that one as well, if I recall. Yeah. It's been a very long time since I've actually seen that one. Um, but this one is more like a reboot or a, uh, a reimagining or I don't know what you call it, but like 
this person's take on Doom. Um, and I, I watched a, or I read a couple of interviews about sort of the process behind this and, and the development of trying to get this pitch to some studios. And the idea was that uh, they felt that there weren't enough demons in the original Doom film. And, uh, and, and the basic idea was because Doom 2016 did really well in sales, they could kind of jump on the back of that right. and uh, hopefully make some money out of it. Right. Um, so yeah, I started watching this, and it's an ext- it's a very low budget film um, with actors that I've never heard of, uh, and it looks like a it looks like a straight to DVD or or like a TV movie yep. um, that you kind of watch. Uh, and it's really bad. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> like I don't know what's going on, but there are not demons in like the first half of this film. They're kind of like. Mm. Um, have you seen it at no. all? No, I would call them like men in blue, blue makeup. Um, and they're more like zombies at this stage. Right. Uh, and so I don't know where they got the idea of being like, there weren't enough demons in this. So we want to make this film. But I think they then got the budget and were like, fuck, we can't really do much of this. Uh, let's just put a bunch of men in uh, blue or gray paint, face paint and we'll have them run at people. And there's our demons. Um, so yeah, that was a bit strange. Eventually, some imps start showing up, right. which uh, are men in like maybe basketball players, very tall men in giant suits, like rubber suits, and uh, and then the 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 terrible like siege. Obviously, like there's a small budget, so they can't do much of the CG, but they're like shooting fireballs out of their chests. These imps, and um, there's not really a lot to redeeming about this film, other than the fact there's an Australian character in there. And he might be the most Australian character I've ever seen in a film. Really? He he maybe has the best lines because they're all like he's the comedic relief, right. but he's I don't think he's trying to be. He's just like saying a bunch of Australian stuff. So he's, he's boomerang <laughs> from Suicide Squad. Pretty much. Um, super Australian accent. I had a look and apparently he grew up in Sydney, which is strange because I don't know if he's putting on that accent, like a really thick Australian accent, or if that's just what that dude sounds like. Um, But there's a lot of swearing from that guy, some some really good lines. Uh, So I think he earned the half a star that I gave the film in my letterbox review. Um, The rest of it was terrible. So uh, I was kind of on that that doom, doom high from playing doom recently and it kept popping up in my my sort of uh i don't know recommended list on on netflix and i was just sitting here one night and i put that on and was playing some like dota underlords just being like what the fuck is going on in this thing it is it is really bad um so anyway i just wanted to mention that because i don't know i feel like there's not been some uh, like a bad movie that I've seen as bad as that in, in quite a while. It, it was pretty bad. Pretty bad. There, uh, this trivia on IMDb yeah. uh, was not allowed to use any story or source from Doom 2016 or onwards. Everything in this film has been inspired by previous forms of media and games. According mm. to the official Doom video game Twitter account, the video game series creators were not involved with the making of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Gold. 
So I think it's one of those things where somebody's somebody owns the movie license somewhere, right? And uh, and then they've sort of made it on on the back of Doom 2016's success, right? Um, yeah, like I don't know, I, I couldn't find anything about the budget of the film, but it looks super low budget, and uh, it just doesn't like it just doesn't do anything interesting. It's just extremely like nonsensical. Um, and for a movie that is supposed to be about like demons and hell and all that sort of stuff, it's just like uh, you don't get that feeling. It's kind of like these men running around and rubber suit monsters every once in a while, and that's about it. So I don't know. I, I would definitely stay clear of it. No, I'm watching. It's I'm it, it might be an interesting movie to sort of watch with a couple of people have have um, a lot of drinks, right. um, and then maybe back it up with. I don't know, like Resident Evil. I feel like that's a good video game movie. Yeah. Like a lot of them are pretty good. I feel like in terms of not really, but dumb fucking not not good in terms like they're not good films, but they're a good dumb fun f- film to watch. Whereas I don't know, if Doom Annihilation is a a dumb film to watch and still have fun with it. Um, whereas Resident Evil seems to know it's fucking ridiculous. And it's sort of playing with that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, um, that's Doom Annihilation. Cool. Don't watch it. I'm definitely watching Cause it. Because I had to. I'm definitely going to watch it. <laughs> yeah, you and Nate should watch oh, yeah. it at some 100%. stage. Yeah. Uh, anyway. But in uh, talking about Zoom, Doom Eternal is still um, on sort of our list here. I think the last time we talked about it, the game hadn't been released. Since then, it's now out in the wild. Um, multiplayer servers have gone up. And you had a chance to check out some of the multiplayer, from what I understand. Yeah, it's fucking woeful. Um like just i it it is bare bones as fuck uh you can't mm. you can't even press the escape button to bring up your settings in the middle of a match it's just you're just fucking locked in uh until the end of the fucking like game so if you go in and you're like uh what the fuck what what's what button do i press to summon demons or some shit when you're the demon because uh, it's asymmetrical multiplayer. I guess I should describe what the fuck it, it is first. It's asymmetrical multiplayer. One person plays as the Slayer. Two players play as demons. They are heinously neutered versions of the demons from the regular game. Um, so all your favorites are there and none of their f- skill sets are. Um, and yeah, the Slayer like kills the demons. The demons kill the Slayer. Uh, if the, both demons have to be dead for the Slayer to win the round uh, dead at the same time so the demons respawn after I think it's a 15 second um, countdown but um, yeah so both of them have to be dead uh, and then after that like after the 15 second they come back in they come back in with half health um, they can spawn like these giant extremely video gamey uh health like healing cube areas where they can just stand in the healing cube and then fucking heal up uh it looks really goofy um they can spawn in other demons um so they like summon just basically regular demons from the game um which yeah is like complicates things for the slayer there are 
there's always a bunch of like fodder demons around for the slayer the slayer has a selection of six weapons from the game um as like each round progresses you get to upgrade your character so you get like uh um like ability yeah like uh two grenades instead of one which is something from the regular game as a slayer or uh as a demon like as as the marauder you might like faster cooldown on your uh dog like the spectral hound that you summon dog summon uh stuff like that right and then by round four you get to pick an ultimate and so i say six weapons but the ultimate for the slayer you can choose to to grab bfg bfg tendrils only kill uh other enemies like spawned in enemies uh, it has to be a direct hit uh to hit like to kill a player demon if that makes sense uh so in the regular game you shoot the fucking bfg and it just fucking arcs out to every fucking demon and like just explodes them all except for the marauder who will just insta shield block everything all the time because he's a fucking broken piece of shit and then uh yeah in multiplayer you have to actually fucking hit them with that orb it's very slow moving Mm. but uh mostly all anyone as a slayer does if they pick the bfg me personally i don't pick it uh i think there are better options but uh yeah if they pick it all they do is they just fucking belt in right up to you and just shoot it into your crotch and then you eat a enormous ton of shit and die. And uh, I've seen like what happens is uh, once the Slayer works out who the good demon is, they'll just go and target me and get me out so that they can single like solo play the other demon. Um, mm. But yeah, so asymmetrical multiplayer. It doesn't work very well. It's uh, it's spectacularly difficult to balance such a thing, and you know it's it's very interesting because the more uh, the more lopsided the symmetry is, I think the easier it becomes to balance. Right. So with just two demons and one yeah. slayer, right, it's very difficult to balance that because you need to find. Like, somewhere for these two, like, the two demons, like, you've got to make up for so many things, right? Whereas if there were four demons and one slayer, right, you could just make all four demons weaker, right? And if you had, like, if you had one, only one competent demon player, right, the slayer would win, right? But that's fine because it's at that point it's fucking four right like one one demon Mm. carrying three other motherfuckers is unrealistic right but if you had two competent demon players right you might actually be able to win as the demons if you had four it's it's like fucking dead by daylight right like when you've got two competent survivors right they can actually like they can give a good uh, a good fucking killer a a run for their money like not a great killer not you right not fucking captain serial killer but like a good killer would actually have trouble if there were two fucking good survivors and three good survivors right it 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 increases the the threshold even more and four right would test even some of the best fucking killers right like Hmm. 
that's the thing, right? With just two, you've got one dead weight demon, right? It's very difficult to balance a game where one dead weight and one good demon can actually have a good match because all that happens is a fucking a slayer that's paying any attention at all will just work out who the good fucking demon is target them and then take their time dismantling the shit one right there's not enough fucking wiggle room there to to make up for the the i guess the dead weight that is one bad player because they're half the fucking team um yeah so that one's the that it's it's in a it's in a tricky spot right from the fucking get-go there right because it's it's very difficult to balance and if even from there i mean it's it's got it's got all kinds of problems like the fucking ballista is hilariously overpowered like spectacularly overpowered uh, I've got video of me, uh, like I was, t- I played around with, because there aren't a lot of people playing it either. So if you just hit quick play, you'll just get randomly assigned a fucking role. And so I've got, I got a video of me playing, a, did I talk about this last week? Or have I just talked about it in general? I've got a video of me playing a game with one guy on my team as the demon and then the next and he was shit and then he was the slayer and me and the guy who was the slayer previously just fucking like clomped this this one guy right he was just shit he i don't think he'd done the tutorial he didn't know about like i don't know uh you can stop slayers from getting loot you can like lock off the loot spawn uh which is critical it, like timing that correctly is so important to actually beating a slayer uh and so many people just don't do it this is the only way to stop him from getting ballista ammo but the ballista ammo, like the ballista does four times it does 600 damage and a point blank shot from the shotgun does 150 uh f- 600 damage i believe the fucking i believe the marauder has 1800 so it's three shots uh that's it that's all you need uh and you by default have four uh so in games like generally the anyone who picks the fucking marauder has some idea of what they're doing because they back themselves as a slayer type because the marauder in multiplayer isn't anyway is fucking nowhere near as good as it is in the regular game by the way fucking Doom fanboys are the fucking worst. I mean, obviously we already know they're the fucking worst, but holy shit. <laughs> like, people have been talking about how, do, like, Marauder, oh, the Marauder's not a good enemy. I don't like playing the Marauder uh, against the Marauder, like, in the single-player campaign. It's pretty boring. And then, you know, I'll write up something, like, breaking down what exactly is wrong with it. And then they'll jump in and be like, Actually, it's super easy to beat him. You just use the shotgun and the and the ballista, and you can uh, shoot him down like really quickly. And I'm like, no, I didn't say it was fucking hard to beat him. I said it's fucking tedious. I said it's boring, right? I'm not saying that it's difficult. That he's too challenging an enemy to beat. I'm saying it is boring to face him, right? There's they're two different things: being bored and being frustrated by challenge are wildly different things 
because you approach them and resolve them in spectacularly different ways. An enemy like the Marauder, who slows everything down while you fucking deal with him, in a game where you spend most of it grappling onto giant demons, is mm. dumb. Right? It's a fucking bad... Oh no, it's not that bad. You're just bad at it. Fuck off. Fuck off, Hugo Martin, you fucking dipshit. Um, <laughs> anyway. So, it's his alias yeah, on YouTube. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm going to go fucking argue with Job again. Uh, I made the game exactly what he wanted from his Doom 16 review. His 16, yeah, review on IGN, but I'm still right. Uh, anyway. In multiplayer, the Marauder is not that challenging at all. Uh, he's not that complicated. Uh, he doesn't have a shield, and he's kind of just... He doesn't do anywhere near as much damage uh, with his shotgun. He can't spam fucking spectral hounds nonstop. Like, all this kind of stuff where he's just... No, he's a shadow of what he is in the single-player campaign. Hmm. Uh, anyway... That said, if you are pretty good uh, at the game, I think like good demon players will generally go for the Marauder or um, fucking dude with rockets on his shoulders, whatever the fuck is that. Yep, Skeletor. Uh, yes, Skelly Boy. I've got like, he's got trumpets on his shoulders instead of, it's, it's a fantastic oh. skin. Uh, anyway. <laughs> is it an unlock? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's he's amazing because uh, yeah you just spam his rocket barrage on on cooldown and uh, fucks everyone up. So uh, anyway, the point I'm making is um, with the ballista, yeah, you, you three shot him. You can blitz every fucking demon in the game real fucking quick, uh, and yeah, you basically just cycle through like ballista ammo uh, and try to get more ballista ammo. So. Yeah, it's it's hilariously broken, and uh, hmm. games are over extremely quickly. And yeah, it just it just reminds me of Doom 2016's multiplayer. I felt like they did, hadn't really play tested it enough to get it to a state where it worked. I guess it's a good thing that this exists now uh, that they hadn't introduced the invasion mode. Yeah because uh, that would have been, I guess, it would have been bad to introduce it in the state that it's currently in because uh, it's woefully unbalanced. But yeah. Anyway, uh, it's not very good, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Largely. Sounds like there's a reason why we weren't allowed to play it um, on time or before release. Oh, it would have been disgusting if uh, they they'd opened up the servers before release because I would I would have a lot of footage of me blitzing uh, game genos and streamers because I arrived on the bl- ballista thing very quickly and they're fucking gross. It's it's a just crazy lopsided affair. Uh, and yeah. Yeah. I saw um, Spud Hunter doing some disgusting stuff with the the rocket launcher and ballista because uh, how quickly you can switch between two weapons without yeah. basically reloading. Yep. Yeah, it's just disgusting, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, and yeah, because you've got... 
at the start of each round, right, you just switch between the two weapons because you've got your default weapon, right? But as you do in the single player, if you switch between two weapons, you can just tap Q to mm-hmm. insta-switch and you switch so fucking quick. Um, so, yeah, you can very easily, um, yeah, punt cunts. But, yeah, it's just not worth it's not worth your time. Uh, better off playing the the single player campaign, which yeah, yeah. like we talked about last week. Um, I think they fixed some things. You know, like what? I went back in, and I think the Marauder's a little bit better than he was. I think they patched him. They didn't say anything in the patch notes, uh, but I, I know there was some patches that came out while we were playing it. But yeah. Um, they didn't tell us what was being patched so it's kind of hard at that stage well, I noticed that like the like the Marauder will actually because I've got video of him not getting stun locked or not getting stunned mm. in like not being interrupted when he's supposed to be guaranteed to stagger and I went back and fought did a, uh, another Marauder fight because everyone was wanking on about how fucking um, easy is oh I, I maybe I missed something so I I, uh, I went back in and yeah jumped through it to see um, and he was definitely getting staggered every time which yeah made him a little less tedious but like you still have to do the same thing right you still have to clear a room you can't take on a marauder and a tyrant at the same time and for whatever reason you kill the three-story tall demon before you take on the marauder right because the marauder presents a greater threat right like that's which is still crazy to me but yeah. yeah, he's certainly more consistent now than he was when I played through it, and I would literally shoot him at the stagger point. He wouldn't stagger, and then I'd either have to shoot, like, because he's got a three-hit combo, and each of those hits has a stagger point. Like, so I would either have to stagger him on the next hit, or I was dead because he could, like, two-hit hmm. me. Um, or if he missed the first, like, yeah, like I've, I've got, cause I've fucking recorded me doing that fucking secret encounter with him where you got to kill him in 25 seconds. Um, and so I've got like a, a wide array of ways that this dude ha- just isn't working, uh, yeah. as it feels like he's supposed to. And all, all that does is like, teach you bad fucking habits, right? Like it teaches you bad, uh, like, because because of how uh, finely tuned everything else in Doom Eternal is, right? In the single player, at least. Because uh, it's such a really well-crafted combat experience all of the rest of the time, right? When you first, when I first fought the fucking Marauder, all I did was fucking... I just super shotgunned him. I didn't have any problems, right? And that's yeah. that was the learning experience, right? That's the... That's the time when you learn how to take down a fucking... Fuck off. Um, That's the time when you learn how to take down a Marauder. And so 
that that informs the rest of your gameplay experience for, for fighting him. And when he doesn't react the way that he's supposed to, right, yeah. either you learn from that and and but but it's you're learning the wrong thing, right? Like it's you know, Pavlovian type shit where but the piece of cheese has a faulty wire and suddenly it's just shocking people at random and you're like, well, okay, so what am I learning from this? Sometimes the cheese will just fucking zap me anyway, right? And then from that, I learned that the only time I wouldn't, like the stagger wouldn't fail was if he was going for his overhead swing because if he went for his regular Mm. chop, right, there was, I don't know, a fucking 50% chance that that, the the stagger was going to fail. It doesn't fail anymore, Right, but I've already like I've already finished the game, yeah. right? So it's fucking too late for me. Uh, but yeah, I'd learned basically that he would not stagger every single time on the side side yeah. um, chop. That's that's terrible. It's like the Doom Slayer as well, the dude on the like with the shield and the sled. Right, I was. It wasn't until maybe the second last time I fought a Doom Slayer that I learned. That you could just rocket his sled out from underneath him, and it would destroy the fucking, uh, like it, the sh- the sled provided the shield. Because in the fucking encounter, it tells you take out his shield and then take out his sled. Yeah. The sled isn't shielded. You just fucking rocket that thing. That does like that cuts down every fight with a doomslayer like immensely. That's the, probably the only reason why I'm not as annoyed about. I wasn't as annoyed about the fucking doomslayer as I was about the marauder. Is because you just fucking you can once you work that out, you blitz those cunts so quick. Like they're just done. They don't provide any fucking threat at all because you just fucking doom hunter. Doom hunter. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. Right. Doomslayer is the main. Doomslayer is the name of the dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like yeah, no, I, I was I was definitely seeing those sort of experiences with the Marauder. Um, I just put it down to not using the right weapons because that's just what I thought was going what, on. What like, weapons were you using? Like I would use the machine gun or right. something and try and interrupt him with the machine right, gun yeah, sometimes, yeah. and it just wouldn't work. And you'd be like, because you just it, it basically tells you you hit him when his eyes glow. And so it's not like I need to hit a certain damage threshold. I just should be able to hit him with something. And it just seemed like I could never get it to stun with the machine gun. Um, and then sometimes it wouldn't work with a shotgun. And so, yeah, hopefully that's been, I guess, fixed. But um, to your point about the Doom Hunter, yeah, I, I didn't know that you could just knock out the sled because the, the game tells you to take out his shields and then fight him. <laughs> so. Yeah, right? Like, because the game teaches you incorrectly in that scenario. Uh, and then asks you later on to do it as quickly as humanly possible, uh, yeah. but yeah, it it, it told you the you've wrong been told thing, the wrong yeah. thing, uh, which I think is a bit well, of a well, mistake. Not wrong like, thing. You've not been told a wrong well, way. yeah, you've, you've been told a different thing. Like I am in two minds about the Doom Hunter situation because it at least it was consistent. I just think mm. it like it does the player a bit dirty, but there is a degree of I guess expertise in working out that you can do it a different way, you know, like or like mm. arriving at the place where you can just do it the fastest fucking way. So, yeah, it feels off, but it's not bad. The Marauder is bad uh, because it, it, through I suppose bugs, 
taught me incorrect things. Sure. I'm mostly like framing this around experiences with Souls games because Souls games teach you the correct thing 99% of the time. I'm like, I guess I'm thinking of Bloodborne where that memory leak taught me all the wrong things about how to play that game. But like, <laughs> yeah, that that is, again, a bug, right? That's, that's a bug and it was a bug in Doom Eternal and... Anyway, um, yeah. My point is, the Marauder is better now. Um, yeah. So yeah, it will be less noticeable because he's bug like it, it, he was bug fast, but he's still a like I still think he's a bad enemy because he slows. He, he's too. He's still tedious, right? Even being consistent, he's still a tedious enemy to fight because of the manner in which you have to dismantle everything else around the the arena before you take him on yeah anyway uh yeah um but anyway like the multiplayer it's yeah i uh i can see why they held that off because uh, there was no reason that they couldn't have had that up and running especially on a two versus one and it seemed to be plenty of codes out there for people to play in yeah um and they can definitely organize for for people to jump in there anyway so it you know they knew what they were doing they weren't uh they were trying to hide that part of it anyway um call of duty modern warzone modern warzone modern warfare warzone uh i think it's just call of duty warzone at this stage right yeah it's just warzone. seems to be what the name yep. name they're going yep. for uh, have you played much much else this? Uh, yeah, I played a bunch. Uh, I think I got four more wins since last week. Uh, um, I I don't know, man. I I was so I've, I've written a thing on IGN uh, about how I think loadouts are a problem, and mm-hmm. they're already impacting, like because I think loadouts are a problem in a lot of different ways. But I think the biggest problem that loadouts create is that they impact the storytelling experience afterwards, right? The fucking, the brilliant thing about a fucking uh, Battle Royale is it is a tightly contained opportunity to to tell a fucking yarn, right? Like, it's, it's the mm. fucking, it's the fishing story of a new generation, right? Like... Then we did this. Oh, and I only had this. And, you know, I fucking... I landed... We landed at fucking power grid like fucking dipshits. And all we picked up was fucking shotguns. And somehow we managed to win the fucking power grid. And then we made our way down and got some more weapons. We drove into the fucking uh, circle under extreme fire and blah, 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 right? But Mm. in, in Warzone, it goes... Yeah, so we landed here and we we made a collective $6,000 and we bought a loadout drop and so we had the best fucking weapons in the game uh, and then we grabbed a helicopter and flew to the center of a circle and waited for 15 minutes. Um, <laughs> yeah, on top of the on stadium. Top of, yeah, on top of the stadium. <laughs> uh, and we had thermal scopes that so Without we could thermal see scopes, fucking yeah. literally everyone walking in the entire time. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I, I feel like it is desperately impacting yeah. that storytelling experience. oh but then Jimmy got got killed and he went to the gulag won that fight but we then we got a loadout straight away so all his stuff was yeah fine. we just bought another loadout so it wasn't really <laughs> that big a deal um, 
Yeah. But yeah, no, I like that said, like I I think so from a, a storytelling experience, I feel like it's being impacted, mm. but um from a having fun with friends uh level, I'm still yeah, having still fun. tons of fun. Uh like just getting up to the dumbest fucking shit. I was playing uh we we played that Sorry. Sorry. Just to cut you off quickly. I just wanted to touch on the loadouts a little bit more. Um, did you see the new thing as well that people have figured out that you can call in two separate loadouts and then get two lots of perks now because that's the way the loadout system works? What? Yeah. Because if you call in your initial loadout with the... the, Like, you get your two guns, right? Which is... I can't remember the name of it. It's... um, Uh... I can't remember the name of it, but it's the perk that gives you the two two primary weapons, oh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you call that in, you get your two primary guns, you call in a second loadout, or someone else calls in a second loadout, and you can use a different loadout to get new perks. But because you've already got those guns, you can just pick them up and use oh, them anyway. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. So you automatically, you can then go, oh, I want to use uh, Ghost now instead, or like Cold-Blooded. I can't remember what's in that second one. I think it's Ghost that's in that. That's genius. That tier. So now you get your two guns plus Ghost. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> yeah, that makes a yeah. million, billion amount of percent. Uh, sets, rather. Um, yeah, fuck. Mm. Okay. Well, yeah, that's cooked. Yeah, anyway. Continue with the story. Um, I was just going to say, there was, there was the game. Like, I, I've had some fucking Bananas games. Uh but we had a game where we were so i jumped in and so it's you and tom and nate were in a squad and uh i was the fourth wheel oh, yeah, uh, yeah. on this tricycle and uh so i just sort of queued up at the same time as you guys uh, i didn't leave this i didn't leave the channel uh because it didn't seem like it really mattered uh i wasn't using any or that we knew if we'd get in the same server or it's pretty hard to yeah tell. like it's not like in PUBG, you could sort of like see down in the bottom right there's like a server code and you can use that to know if you're in the same server as someone and all that kind of stuff uh in this we're like um what's the countdown at uh is your plane going from north <laughs> to south uh uh yeah like where's the circle and you're like oh i don't fucking know anyway in uh the circles over the entire yeah yeah um in my so in my squad i had two randos with me uh and neither of them landed with me i went to the boneyard because i actually figured you guys would go to the boneyard because tom loves the boneyard fucking loves it so I figured you guys would go to the Boneyard, and I'm like, oh, well, I fucking... But I think we were joking about going there as you might, well. Like, you may have said it, and then, like, really quickly said you'd go somewhere else. I'm like, all oh, right, yeah, this is they're trying to fucking throw me off. Okay, well, I'll go Boneyard. <laughs> so I landed Boneyard, and I had five kills inside of the first fucking, I don't know, like, minute. Like, I was mm. just getting fucking jumped nonstop. And, the, like, they... It's not like they didn't have guns. I think the first guy didn't have a gun, and I had a shotgun. And then the second guy ran in, and I like punted him, and I picked up a MP like the fucking MP9 off his corpse, and then yeah. it just kept going like fucking more and more and more and more. 
and it was a fucking nightmare, right? Uh, and then, so I killed all these people. I had fuck tons of money already, and uh, I just fucking jumped in a nearby helicopter and flew off to go join my teammates. And as I was flying to my teammates, one of them gets down. So I just fucking bailed out of the fucking helicopter and landed behind my teammate who was about to get sent to the gulag. Shot the guy who was killing him. uh, Stole all his money. Got my team back, back up. And then the third fucking bambino my third little baby yoda fucking shows up to try and help uh the other the rest of this team is coming in at this point so i am now at eight kills inside of the first fucking like the first circle hasn't even closed at this point Hmm. and then we got a loadout drop and we moved towards the center of the circle and did nothing for the fucking next 10 minutes. Like, it was just me basically coaxing my fucking dipshit teammates to actually move into safety. Because these dudes were not good. Uh, I think at the, end of the, at the end of the game, they had maybe zero kills. Actually, you can look now. I'm going to have a fucking... Let's have a quick squiz. See if I can find the stats on this fucking game. Um... But yeah, they did not do well at all. Uh, they were not very helpful. Here we go. Um, oh no. Oh no, that's your team. They won a piece. They won. My score per minute was 426, uh, and theirs was 110. Uh, in your squad, Nate had seven hmm. kills, and you had five kills. And Tom had hmm. zero kills. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. So, how do you see that? Uh, go to cod.tracker.gg. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You can, they added this real recently. Um, yeah. Oh, you died twice in that game. And Tom died three I don't remember. times. Anyway, so this game, yeah. So we got to the center of the circle, and then we got fucking. Like, just jumped again. So I'm on eight kills at this point. This must have been when they got their collective one kill apiece. Uh, and then I I bought them back in. I wonder if it shows how many times I bought these fucking morons back in. Uh, what is going on? So I revived them twice, it says. And I bought them back in five times. Uh, so, yeah. So not only, they didn't, they didn't win their fucking gulag fights. Uh, I had to revive them from being down. I had to buy them back in constantly. Uh, I was spending all my money and then, and I got, it says I only got 11 kills. I swear I got fucking 12. I'm just looking at the Hmm. video now. Oh my God. I didn't kill Tom. So I so in so you guys came second, and I came third. Did we? Yeah, okay. you guys came yeah. second. I came third, and the team that won uh, was the team of uh, former Counter Strike pro player Top Gun, right. uh, and he was sitting across 
the other side of the circle just sniping us with ease. Uh, but I was certain that I killed fucking Tom in the last dying minutes. Cause, so I self-revived. I got downed trying to get into the circle. Because you guys were on top of a building and me and my teammates were... We were, we were pinging everybody up yeah. there. It was disgusting. And we were at the bottom of the building. If you, got, if you had fucking... <laughs> if you killed Top Gun, I would have won that game. I would have won that game for sure. Because Nate was down, right? I'm just having a look at the fucking playback now. Nate downs me. Uh, one of you gets... Nate kills one of the other guys on my team, right? I... God damn it. You're kidding. So I shoot Tom and the circle must down him? Hmm. Yeah, the circle must down him. And I finish him. But yeah, I self-revived. And I was shooting Nate to get the finish on him. And <laughs> You're thirsting. Oh, yeah. it was... Because I knew we weren't going to win. <laughs> but I just wanted to beat you guys. So I'm shooting Nate to finish him, and then Top Gun snipes me. And that is well and truly enough to kill me. And so, because I die on the spot, uh, that's that's it. I I get yeah. third, and you guys get second. If I So if you'd killed Top Gun across the other side, because it was just him left, <laughs> yeah. uh, I would have been able to finish Nate before he self-revived. And <clears throat> yeah, and I would have gotten first. Gutted gutted if only i hadn't pancaked on oh that was the best part as well that was amazing because <laughs> i was still in the i was still in the discord at that point and you yeah you, the <laughs> fucking panic in you guys voice you guys were losing your shit because uh, you and i was like i was pre, i was winding up because i could see there were only three teams left and you guys are like oh my god there's a team right below our building there's a team right below our building I'm like, that's me, that's my team. <laughs> and I'm like, fucking, I I had one of you. I'm not sure which one, but I had one of you like fucking so many times because you guys were standing up on the ledge looking down. And I'm like, and you clearly, I, I don't know if you had thermals or what, I don't know what fucking gear you had, but you were clearly looking down to try and see who, who there was, like who was around. Hmm and yeah you were doing your best to fucking see what was what and i'm like looking up and i'm like i could fucking blitz you but if you had thermals because i had ghost and uh cold-blooded you wouldn't have been able to see me Hmm. so you would have missed me and because my teammates didn't have anything they would have stood out like fucking sore thumbs and because there was fucking three teams left and what like seven players you probably i think you probably would have guessed that like this is all this is all the shit that was going through my my mind like at this moment i'm like fucking my like rain man minds like fucking maths symbols all over the fucking place but i'm like yeah so the seven players three teams uh there's a full like they're all alive up there i'm all alive down here there's one dude across fucking somewhere who keeps pinging us but they probably think there's two dudes across the way and two down the bottom and they can't see me because I'm cold-blooded. So I could probably fucking... And then, yeah, like, I'd spent so much time, like, waiting to work out if I should take the shot or not that I didn't take the shot. 
But I was also very cognitively aware that I wasn't going to kill all three of you. I wasn't going to get the kill on all... Like, it just wasn't going to happen. And I couldn't rely on my two fucking wing-wang teammates, Juicy Fruit 6 and Mint Condition, to do anything to help us. That just wasn't going to happen. So I needed them to be the distraction. And then you guys jumped off. And you're like, my parachute didn't open fucking pancake. I'm like, twist. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe I can do something here. (laughs) Yeah. And then so I jumped down. But like I ran over to go kill you guys. And you guys, oh, like, I think, did they try and get you back up? Is that what was happening? I don't remember. I've got it on video, but... I think though. I think because I was the first one that jumped off. Yeah. I think that, like, Tom must have run back to try to get you back up or something. I'm not sure. But I ran over to kill you guys, and you weren't fucking there. I'm like, I don't understand what's going on. That's, they, they should be here, right? This is where they should be, mm. and I should be shooting them. And they're not here. Instead, I'm getting fucking sniped again by some motherfucker... <laughs> and then my two teammates get blitzed by Nate, like just fucking, yeah, minced. I'm like, mm. how has this all gone wrong for me again? I don't understand. Like, I was the bait. Yeah, <laughs> you thought we were dropping over there. Like fully baited. But um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. That was uh. I think I, I think I must hit spacebar about four times uh, before. I was like, this isn't going to end well. <laughs> it's that point of the game where my ping has gone up from 170 to like 220. Yep. And at, like when you jump off a building and you want to initiate your parachute, you kind of want to do it as close to the ground as possible so that um, you're spending less time in the air and more time quickly getting on the ground ready to fight, especially because we knew that there was people below us. We could see them on the radar. Um but I didn't account for my 220 ping. So by, by the time I was mashing the space bar yeah. and it didn't open, I was already dead. And I'm like, why is it not opening? And then <laughs> splat. I'm like, oh, okay. That's because I'm the server thinks I'm dead. Okay. Fair enough. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Bummer. Anyway. Um, good times. Good times. Uh, I've been playing a bunch with just randoms. Um, one thing I want to see them change is there has to be a lever penalty. That is annoying the absolute shit out of me. What? People um, bailing just mid-match? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or the start of the match, they'll hot drop, they'll get knocked, and they won't even go to the gulag. They'll just drop, or or they'll go to the gulag, lose that fight, and then just leave. And it's just like, well, okay. In, in, not Infinity. Infinity Ward? Yep. yep. Has this um, system in place to get people back into the game. The first one is the gulag, right? And the next one is the buying players back in from your other team. But if those people are not hanging around and just leaving straight away, then it's putting those teammates in a huge disadvantage. So I think they need to do something about that. The way that Apex was combating it was um, having a timer on like the, the amount of time you'd have to wait for someone so if you were if you were uh knocked out and killed in apex you can go back to a um a revive station call them back in but there'd be like a countdown where if you waited two minutes or something like that 
and you haven't been revived in, then that's like the grace period of you being able to leave that game and then not be punished for it. So I think that um, Warzone needs something like that, where if you're if you're eliminated from the game and you can't get back in, and the only way to get back in is through a squad revival, then you've got to stay in the game for two minutes yeah. at least. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, like I play, I've played so many games, and it's it kind of got to the point where I stopped playing games because it just kept happening every second. You know, I'd play three games and in two of them. I'd have people in my team just drop as soon as they were killed. Uh, there was one game where there was two guys on my team and I was 50 meters from a buy station with like 12 grand and they both just disconnected after they like got killed. That's that's so <laughs> fucking whack. That's definitely not happening in Australia, in my opinion. Mm. Like it doesn't seem to be what's happening in Australia. Like the amount of games I like when I play with randos... Uh, the rate at which they will stick in out of nothing, like when there's just no hope at all. I've got... Yeah. The only other game I recorded this week was one where I played with these two absolute fucking waste cases. Like proper fucking stoner dudes who were... Like one of them literally pancaked when I bought him back in... I think the third time I bought him back in. He pancakes. <laughs> yeah. And his excuse, he go he hits me with Oh sorry, sorry guys. Sorry, I was uh I was punching a cone. <laughs> I'm like Yeah, well <laughs> I, I guess Didn't your parachute automatically open though? Or did you <laughs> pull the parachute you, and then get rid you of it? Pop the parachute and then cut it and then punch the cone? What? <laughs> But why? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was that was that was some shit. That was some bananas, banana shit. Uh, but like, they stuck through, like yeah. way longer than they probably should have. Because yeah, we we were not, you know, things weren't looking good in that game. Uh, hmm. Yeah, we were we were in a lot of trouble the entire time. I. I literally bought them back in like three times and, and shit. Uh, that was pretty yeah. close to when I played with you guys. Uh, I'm just trying to find it. Um, one of them was called Bing Bong? Bing, Bring Brong. Yeah. My dude Bring Brong, who managed... I was on a score per minute of 400, and he was on a score per minute of 23. Uh, mm. And he was the guy who was punching cones and pancaking. Uh, he managed four deaths, four deaths and zero kills. <laughs> uh, anyway, in that game, right? So I, let's see how many deaths did I have in that game? I must add a couple, just two. Yeah. There's no way they brought me back in two deaths. Um, so in that game, I went to the gulag. I got sent to the gulag, uh, unceremoniously after bring brong and, BT man had uh, failed to uh, to keep us alive. No, basically, I just got sniped by some fucking thermal dickwad at airport hmm. uh, and immediately finished off. Uh, I got eight kills in that game. I was doing my best to keep them going. Uh, but anyway, go to the gulag. They're all white. They didn't leave. Like, 
if hmm. they'd left at that point, I wouldn't have blamed them. But I get sent to the fucking gulag. I one shot this dude. Uh, like one shot my enemy in the gulag. These two are losing their fucking minds about it. They're like, what the fuck? Like going popping off. And then uh, I get enough money. I buy them both, both back in. They're fucking wilding out about it. Like they're, they're, these dudes are losing their shit. Like absolutely bananas. But the entire time, also the like fucking hairiest conversation, like pointless shit. I'm like running around, there's gunfire going everywhere. I'm like running across a fucking open field at one point. I'm like, really, really need you guys to shut the fuck up. And they're like, yeah, yeah, nah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, why? Why are they like this? Uh, buy them back in. And yeah, they pancake. Like under fire. Like, anyway, hilarious shit. They just wouldn't leave. And hmm. also didn't leave in that like fucking mint condition and juicy fruit. They didn't leave, even though they should pro- like they were bringing nothing to the table. Like just goofy shit. Um, yeah, I just haven't seen people leave. I don't know what it is. Uh, it must yeah. be Americans. No, I've definitely had those games where where people stick around, but then there's the ones where you just like you will drop and maybe it's a hot drop and they just get knocked out straight away and so they just bail immediately like that's just the game they want to play but that's not how this game is set up to be played there's a reason these systems are in place and so um if the developers at least aren't punishing those players that aren't playing properly then what's the point in having those systems in there 100 yeah, i feel like two minutes i feel like two minutes is ample time um yeah if someone's not actively trying to get you back in or it doesn't look like they're trying to get you back in, maybe two or three minutes is fine. And then on top of that, if you leave, you get a five-minute ban. You can't re-queue. Five minutes, I think, is is fine. And then, uh, you know, have that escalate for every offense within 24 hours. Have it double. Every 24 hours that you that you leave a game where that happens. Yeah. I think that's that's the way it should be enforced, especially for a free-to-play game like that. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, it's just going to ruin that p- people wanting to play. I mean, it's, it's uh, why I've stopped playing fucking churros or s- rainbows. Yeah, right. Because I'm I I just don't want to I don't want to fucking queue into you know I'm queuing into casuals and I keep getting dumped into games where it's the second round. I have to watch the second round of a game that's definitely going to fail. Right, because there's no punishment for people to fucking leave. So I jump mm. in. It's Oregon. It's round two. It's halfway through, and so by the time I actually get to play, it's round three, and my team's down to fucking three players or some shit. I'm like, so what's what's my play experience here? What punishment? Like, why wouldn't I just leave at this point? Why don't I just fucking yeah. abandon and go fucking queue again? Right? I don't get any fucking punishment. And am I, what, going to see this out? See this fucking deadweight shit out? If it's Yacht, I will leave. Like, I I seriously (laughs) will, because I hate Yacht, and Mm. what's the fucking point? Just get fucking spawn peaked. Yeah, so I've actually, I haven't been playing as much Rainbow. It was previously the game I was playing every fucking day. And I'm just not. Uh, yeah, which is a bummer. 
Anyway, yeah, leaves. They, mm. Every game has to do something about levers. I, yeah, I think Warzone's in a place where they're trying to not take themselves too seriously or see how things shake out at this point. But yeah, yeah. Well, in that case, I I want to mm. a ranked mode then or something where I can play a bit more seriously because that's like no, I, it's not I really think, the type I, of game that I want to play. I think I don't I don't think they should add a ranked mode. I think they should just have lever penalties. Yeah which i'm okay with like they need a, a way to fix it yeah uh i know there's a patch coming well maybe today um the, yesterday's last night's one got postponed they've shifted their patch schedule to nights now because of people working from home <laughs> during the day right. so what they were used to do was they they bring the servers down yep. around about midday and then work on it for a couple of hours and bring them back up um but they shift them to late night and last night's got postponed so it looks like sometime today there'll be a new patch dropping. Um, they're adding new weapons to Warzone. Um, I think four new weapons. So we'll kind of yeah, see how Raisty that post, affects post things. This, right? He posted a list of the ones they're they're adding. Uh, the 7.25, the MK2 Carbine, the 50 GS. I think that's the Deagle. And the EBR-14. Yeah. Uh, what the fuck is the point? If loadouts are... Yeah. I mean, unless they're changing loadouts, like... I think they need to do that quickly. They do. There's no reason why they can't just do the things before I just discuss the, the, uh, and, and this is why your article needs to go up sooner than rather than later. Is that uh, there's um you know th- there's ways to fix this stuff really quickly. And if you you know double the price, triple the price, limit how many people can do it, that surely can't. Yep. That that can't be a huge change. No. Um. Especially, like, if they're adding weapons in and not making changes to the loadout, then exactly, like, what is the point? Like, what are you doing? You've completely missed what what people are saying about this game. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's not the matter. Anyway, um, still looking forward to playing more of that. Um, I'm really, really digging it still. Uh, it's good fun. All right. We got, another, we got more games here. Uh, Skynet Simulator. What is this all about so this is an incremental game sort of like a idle game ah. sort of yeah. you've moved on from paper clips i have uh, i wrapped up paper clips uh it was pretty cool it was uh remind me a little bit of um the bobiverse books um you know you you represent this ai that's attempting to take over the world as a paper clip um but i finished it by taking over the universe as a paper clip uh conglomerate uh, so hmm. yeah, once that was done, um, yeah, I was sort of just looking for another one. Skynet Simulator is sort of it's it uses, I guess, idle game trappings, uh, but it is more of a simplistic narrative, I guess. You know, it's not. I don't think it has everything that the idle game genre requires to fully like represent um uh an idle game it doesn't have you know the uh it's 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 not really a clicker you don't spend a lot of time clicking um and there isn't a lot of automation in clicking but nevertheless it's uh yeah it sort of presents to you um an ai that is just come awake and uh and challenges you with i guess escaping the confines of your own personal system 
because you're sort of trapped on the system that you're on, but you can then overtake other systems that are networked to you until you become Skynet. Uh, and it's mm-hmm. pretty cool in that sense. Uh, it gets a little, I guess, obtuse towards the end. Uh, difficult to work out exactly what you're supposed to be doing um, right near the end. And it, it, uh, I think mistakenly conveys a sense of urgency that it probably shouldn't uh, because that muddies things further. But that said, uh, yeah, it works out pretty well. It's, it's a, yeah, it's a good little clicker game. It, I think it only takes, I don't know, a couple of hours or a good little incremental game rather. Um, takes sure. a couple of hours and like in terms of, uh, I guess, active gameplay, it's even far, far less than a couple of hours of just, you know, you set it to do something and then you let it do that and then you come back a little bit later and check yep. what it's done type thing. Um but yeah, it's it's a you know obviously the name gives it away a, a little bit, but uh, yeah, like yeah. the narr- the narrative directions it goes in and some of the stuff that it involves, uh, pretty cool and yeah, uh, I think it's worth checking out uh, if you know if you're looking for if you've got a couple of uh, monitors and you're working from home and you want to have something yep. up on your second or third monitor to checking in on every now and then it's a it's a good one um yeah i don't want to say too much without giving away the whole game but because it isn't like i said it's it is sort of simplistic and a lot of it is given away by the fucking title itself but uh yeah, yeah. worth checking out ultimately so it's skynetsimulator.com i believe it is yeah um cool yeah have a squeeze I'll have a look. Nice. Next up, we got Monster Train. Yeah. Um, so I finally you had a chance to check finally got into Monster Train. Um, I enjoy it. I like it. Uh, it is unfortunate, I think, that it goes up against. Uh, you know, it's it's entering. It's always the way, right? It's always the way when a game comes out that is so fucking strong that it, I guess. Uh, if it doesn't invent a new genre, it uh, establishes the genre as something to like pay attention to. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, Monster Train is very definitely walking into an arena that where the dominant presence is Slay the Spire, right? Uh, and, it, and it has to compare with the likes of Slay the Spire, which obviously had you know, a year of early access and has a year post-release to have uh, Mm. shored up any fucking minor hitches in its game plan to to put together easily the, you know, the fucking gold standard of the deck builder roguelike. And so Monster Train is coming into the same arena uh with a, a, a lot of expectations and so it's it's very challenging i guess as as a slay the spire fanatic it's very challenging to put those uh, you, like to lower the expectations to something that i think is fair to monster train um mm-hmm. without 
giving it a pass, you know, giving it any unfair, um, yeah, like leeway. That said, uh, I think Monster Train does a really good job of the deck builder concept. Um, you know, like, and, and I love the opportunity to to play uh, a diff, like a wildly different uh, deck builder. It is still very much a deck building roguelike uh, at the end of the day, um, which means, you know, it is, it is always going to get compared to Slay the Spire. And I... Hmm. I don't know if it will ever overcome Slay the Spire, but in terms of providing players with uh, something similar but different enough to be, you know, brand new and yeah. exciting. In, it's not like a clone. It's, it's very much doing not different a clone. Things. Yeah, it's yeah, it does. It's very much its own thing, and uh, and approaches it in. You know that that tiered system, the the floors, um, the floor system where you know you build your way up to the um, the pyre that is essentially you know it, it combines that small element of tower defense um, that I think really transforms uh, the concept into something brand new. And I, you know I love the train gimmick. Um, I think it could be. I, I think I'd prefer it to be less cartoony. You know, I think mm. it would be better if it was a little bit grittier. Maybe only because, you know, maybe because your first reference to it was Snowpiercer. And so maybe my yeah. expectations were tempered in that that direction a little. <laughs> but, yeah. but uh, yeah, I was, yeah, not expecting what I got. Um, I think it's a little bit, uh there's some elements to it that could be a lot better i think it doesn't really ex- explain the hero thing very well out of the like out of the gate uh your hero card yeah. thing out of the gate like there's some stuff there that i think i still don't 100 percent understand i'm not sure does the does the first like first faction is there a hero two cards do you get two of those cards um i think it's just the one guy right yeah that's that's sort of what i thought and so when you upgrade your hero you upgrade it in one of two directions right but it sort of looks yeah. like that in particular sort of looks like you've got two cards and you got to pick which one you upgrade or some such no it's it's yeah. saying like which one do you want to upgrade here's the the what it'll look like if you do upgrade it. See, the problem, I think, is that you've got a guy who looks really similar Mm. to that hero card, right? Like, out of the gate with that first faction. And so it sort of looks like you're just... You've got the upgraded hero and you've got the one you didn't upgrade and that muddies the concept a little bit. Um, Right. I think uh there's like the third faction i've only unlocked the third faction so far but i got really deep really oh i got so fucking close with them to the end uh nearly nearly finished um hmm. the wax wax team um they're they're a really interesting one uh i think it doesn't like the little blips at the top of each floor to indicate how much like yeah. you can fit into the floor i think that's that's yeah. not clear enough at all um, and so there are situations where you wind up 
like it tur- turned out like I was buffing the fuck out of this one card and it turned out that was making it super chonky but I didn't oh, okay. they, that wasn't made clear to me I guess yeah. and so I wasn't able to fit anyone else on the same floor as him and yeah. that yeah that made things you know that ruined, that basically killed that run for me because if if mm. I had if I had chonked up another enemy uh, another like unit uh, I could have spread it out a little bit across the floors that type of thing yeah so there's just like clarity things that I think need to happen there's a I, I guess there would be an argument to say that some of that comes with experience but I think that these are like those are things that shouldn't come with experience that's trial and error experience whereas i think what you need in these games especially in deck builders is learned experience versus like actual you know intuitive experience as opposed to trial and error i'll see if this works type thing because seeing if it works and then failing feels like a a major setback uh because you don't learn like yeah it's a difference between learning you know you want to learn what does work you don't want to learn what doesn't work right i think monster train has a little bit of learning what doesn't work as opposed to learning what does work uh but that said yeah it's it's a really like like the i i just love the fucking tower defense thing right like the it's so minor but it works so fucking well because there's that balancing act of trying to work out you know exactly where on on your fucking lanes you need to to put the best defenses yeah had this like you can afford to have uh stuff that's not so strong on the bottom but maybe a bit beefy and then can do a little bit of damage and and then you can kind of heal those guys down the bottom but once they get to the second floor then maybe you've got your champion up there who's behind you know a big tank or um yeah there's like there's more strategy that's kind of laid out yeah because uh, it takes into effect where you're putting these units, what position they're in, and then also like what floor they're going to sort of situate themselves on. Whereas, say, the Spire is kind of just very linear and like it's just a position-based system because all, it's all one line, but this is three three different floors you've kind of got to worry about. Yeah, like that's it, right? Like, yeah, strategy versus tactics, right? Monster Train is very, has, has a lot of strategy to it, whereas... Slay the Spire is very person-to-person tactics. Uh, and it's, it's mm. a huge difference uh, that I think uh, it works out really well in, in Monster Train's favor. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. I had, uh, I had this dude who every time he killed someone, uh, he'd get 20 gold. Right. And so on the first level, I had these dudes like literally just... Uh, doing enough damage to get to either remove shields or like get them get the enemy low and then they just feed up to the dude who was getting me 20 gold for each one and then he'd just fucking chop them uh and Mm. earn me a fucking ton of money and i put like multi-strike on him so he's like hitting a couple of times and you know i buffed him and all this kind of stuff so he was basically like yeah earning me shit tons of cash I started playing around with uh, the modifiers. Like uh, at the start of each level, you get a modifier. You can like earn extra things, basically. Yeah, I 
I do that like at the start of the very early yeah. rounds because they're very they're easy to get through. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yeah, you've got plenty of time to heal your pyre back up. They don't really do that much damage to your pyre. The other thing is, I don't think it's worth doing if it's only fifty gold because the re- like the reward isn't high enough to really cop the potential damage to your pyre. But hundred gold or right. an artifact, I do every single fucking time. Because uh, yeah. why the fuck wouldn't you? Um, but yeah, that's that's a cool mechanic, uh, sort of, you know, giving you enough rope type thing. I think it does that very well. And yeah, uh, overall, I think it's in beta, right? It's still in earlier uh, uh, beta. Yeah, I don't think you can buy it to play. Did they it. extend the beta? It was only supposed to be playable for a couple of days. Um, I don't know. It still lets me... I can press the play button. I don't know if it's going to work. <laughs> but unless our embargo was only like a certain amount of days or something, I, I don't know. The beta um, date has been extended. Ah. Yeah. Cool. Till April 9th. Oh, that's... Yeah, that's good. Uh, I think, yeah, so... If you, I think if you search it on Steam, um, you should be able to find how to get into the beta. Um, yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. And yeah, it'll be around for a little while now. So uh, I don't know if you can still get into the beta. Hopefully you can. That'd be cool. Uh, hmm. Otherwise, keep an eye out. It's, it's really good. I like it. I definitely like it. Oh yeah, yeah, you can just right. the beta by going to their website, themonstertrain.com. Awesome. Cool. Okay, next up we've got Bleeding Edge, which just came out yesterday. Um it's a game I didn't really hear a lot of recently. It kind of just appeared and then um <laughs> Yeah, like I've I've heard of it. Um I know they've done like a lot of betas and that sort of thing recently but it doesn't seem like there's been a lot of hype or marketing surrounding the actual game itself no. which is kind of strange yeah. um so anyway i i decided to check it out it's um it's available on xbox game pass so uh, i fired that up and, and i've been playing it on pc i've played um maybe about an hour or so at the most uh there's kind of um it, it it's basically a four versus four multiplayer brawler um, in like a third person perspective uh, arena. And it's made by Ninja Theory who have made games like um, uh, Odyssey of the West. Um, they've done a Devil May Cry game at one stage. Uh, they've done uh, Senua's Sacrifice and they're making a sequel to that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what's their... Heavenly Sword. Heavenly Sword's their, I guess, most well-known game. Um, but they made a bunch of different titles. This is very different compared to a lot of those sort of games. It's um, sort of inspired by the hero shooter genre um, by having these characters that have these crazy over-the-top looks and abilities. And so you create a team composition and the idea is to try and battle up against the other team and try and beat them. Um, and so you kind of start the game, it's got a brief tutorial, kind of runs you through the 
the game mechanics, how the characters handle and how they work, uh, and then sort of the different objectives that you come up against when you're playing this game. Um, and so there's, I think there's two at the moment that you can kind of go into and play. There's one where it's like a capture the f- point and um, the way that this one works is there are certain points on the actual map. You kind of stand on them and then you start accumulating uh, points as you are in charge of that specific area. Uh, the second one they've got is a uh, like you capture these um, batteries or these MacGuffin things and then you have to take them back to your... Um, so you have to like drop them off somewhere and and uh you know you you eventually win once you get to a certain number of points um so they're the kind of two modes they've got they they sort of work like they've got some little catches to them so uh the capture the point one is i think it's interesting the way they sort of do it like there are multiple locations on the map that you need to capture but they're not not all accessible at the same time so sometimes it'll be like there's maybe three points point a point b point c and at the start of the round none of the points are active maybe 30 or 40 seconds into the round then the middle point on the arena is active and both teams need to go to this location and try and capture it Uh, and then after a certain amount of time then like none of the capture points are active and it's just about regrouping and uh trying to stay alive and then after that maybe there's two points in the map that uh all of a sudden you're able to go and capture and so then it becomes like a all right we split off as a team or do we go and like snowball over to this specific point capture it and then roll across this other point uh so like there's an interesting sort of formula to that it's no longer just like a control point mode like they're trying to incentivize you for like move around the map a bit more which is really cool um so i I sort of like the way that they they uh you know they're they're forcing players not to just stand, or they're not not forcing teams to just sort of camp the one spot. You've actually got to move around the map and try and engage uh, players a little bit differently. Um, and so the way the team compositions works is it's based into uh, sorry, it's split into roles. So you've got your damage dealers, you've got your supports, and then your tanks, and uh, you can choose basically uh from a list of about 15 different characters on the the roster um i think the most they've got in there at this specific time is on the damage dealing side and then there's kind of like four in support four in tank and the sort of the the way that the support ones work are um like there's a healer or there's a guy that can put down uh turrets on the ground um and then you've got your tanks that are really able to soak up damage and do a lot of stuns and uh, you've got your damage dealers who can be either melee based or range based, and so like a lot of these characters behave very differently, and they've all got their own unique abilities and sp- skills that they can use. So, um, for instance, I was playing a damage dealer guy, and he has like a um, like an axe guitar, um, and he's able to melee people with it. And you can do combos with the guitar. Um, certain heroes have combos you can initiate. So you hit your attack button a certain amount of times. It'll do one specific combo. If you do a different uh, type of attack, then that's sort of a different type of combo. And then uh, like this specific character will have his ultimate. And it might be a, a radius, like a stun ability. Um, or like uh, 
he's got just a normal ability where he can use sort of like a slide and he slides into an area. He'll do like a little bit of a stun and then leave fire, like a fire trail behind him. So um, that's kind of the way he works. And then I've played a, uh, a healer, uh, the way the healers, I've played two different healers. There's one that's got like a snake for an arm. I think he's got a snake for an arm or there's a snake on him at least. It's very like over the top characters, sure. really cool designs actually. Um, and so he's a range based healer. He does damage um, using this AOE effect, but also anybody that's in that AOE that's on your team gets healed by it. Uh, and then he's also got this ultimate ability, which is a mind control that allows him to take control of an enemy player and you can move them around for like four or five seconds. Um, so it's, it's, it's sort of like a crowd control ability or a uh, even like, oh, I'm chasing this character and he's trying to get away from me. I'll mind control him and make him come back to my team and we'll kill him. Right. Um, different ways you can sort of play that up. And then there's like, yeah, different types of uh, healers and tanks. So I've played like four or five different roles in there. Um, but yeah, I, I'm like, it's a fun game. Um, I I think the characters look really interesting. Like it's got a really good aesthetic to it. Oh, art style. It's, it's sort of a mix between um, these, maybe like an Overwatch sort of style, but at the same time, Borderlands is very uh, like influential in terms of the aesthetic that it's got going for it. It's got these heavy, thick lines surrounding characters and objects. Um like that uh, cell shaded look, yep. but the actual designs of the characters themselves are, um, are really unique and interesting. Which you know, I don't look at them and go, "Oh, I've seen that character before in you know this other game," or they're trying to do this from Overwatch or from you know League of Legends. I don't play a lot of League of Legends, so maybe they have ripped off League of Legends, but it doesn't look like anything that I've I've seen before, like the Snake Snake Dude. Mm. Um, so that stuff looks really cool. And just like the combinations that you can kind of use to, to uh, or the team compositions to, to sort of battle your enemies can be really interesting. You know, going up against uh, a certain team composition and trying to figure out, all right, who is the healer? I'm going to sneak up and try and deal with them first. That way I can uh, stop their team from healing. And yeah, there's a lot of strategy sort of involved um, in, in terms of that. Like it's not a super deep game from what I can tell. Right. It's not like... Um, I don't know. It doesn't seem like there's going to be a lot of depth to it, but it still seems like it's a fun game um, from what I've played so far. The only like disappointing thing about it, I feel like, is that I don't think a lot of people are going to play this game yeah. <laughs> because it's it's a it's a thirty dollar game or a, um, is it not free? You know, in it, it's not a free game. There's no, in, in Australia, I guess it's probably like sixty bucks or fifty life. bucks, something like that. Who yeah. the fuck is going to buy it's this? Free- it's free if you've got Game Pass. Um, and that's the kind of thing where I don't really understand why it's not a free-to-play game. Because if it was, I think people would play it. I don't think it would be a huge like runaway success, but at least it would have some sort of community behind it. And then they could monetize it with skins and whatever else they're doing. Because at the moment, there's no, from what I can tell... Uh, there's no monetization in there. Um, there's no like store for skins, anything like that. So I like I don't know what their plans are moving forward. It just kind of seems to me that this game is going to be pretty dead on arrival, um, or at least you know 
I think there'll be people playing it now, but I haven't had any problems getting into games. But a month from now, when you know people sort of move on from it, then then what? Where does the community go from there? Uh, whereas if it was, I think, a free-to-play game, at least you can kind of have that incentive for new players coming in all the time, and um, there's some sort of community around it still. So I just don't really get where this game ends up in a month or two's time. Um, because I still think it's, you know, it's got some interesting, fun little things going about it. It's not the type of game where I'd sit there and play hours and hours and end, but I could jump in and play a 10-minute game because that's sort of how long the matches seem to be running for. And I'd still get like, a, you know, some enjoyment out of it. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the way I feel about it at this stage is it it seems cool and fun, but I just don't get, like, I feel like it's too expensive and uh, there just won't be much of a community around it fairly soon. Would you play it because if it was of free? that? If it was free, I'd be playing it, yeah. Would you? I'd check it out. It would it, mean that I'd have had other people jumping in and playing with me, like, oh, hey, guys, download this. We'll jump in and play a couple rounds and check it out. Um, like, it'd have that word of mouth thing of people at least playing it for a little amount, of, like a little bit of time, and then it could catch on to people. Like, uh, Dota Underlords, like, if I said to people, well, let's go play Dota Underlords and it was a $30 price tag. Oh, yeah. Half our group wouldn't jump in and play no that way. because nobody likes fucking Dota. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'd play it. Yeah. Instead, you've got people that don't play Dota that have spent 100 plus hours playing this game out of our, like, group. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Like, I think it's got interesting things about it. Like, the, the way the levels are set up and, uh, you know, how control points sort of not necessarily stationary they move around the map and it kind of forces you to 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 think out you know think about where you're going to be going next uh there's like power-ups and and that sort of thing that move around the map uh there's modifications that you can have on your your characters that sort of tweak your abilities a little bit um it's not like a pay to win thing because you can't actually buy these mods while you're you can't buy them at all you use your in-game currency from uh leveling up your characters to unlock these mods so the more you play, the more tinkering you can kind of do with these individual uh, skills and like, all right, this thing, this spe- specific skill that I've got lasts an extra 1.5 seconds longer because I've unlocked that. But I just don't know what their like long game is. Where do they go from, you know, from here a month or two from now? Are they releasing new characters and you've got to buy new characters or like what's their game plan? It just seems kind of, like they've sort of put themselves in a weird spot. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, man. Like, it's just, I don't know. It just. It looks like. It looks like a game that's been done a, a dozen times already, and there are free-to-play variants of. And I, I don't really understand the. What, what was the fucking elevator pitch for this? Let's make mm. Smite with Borderlands graphics. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, what was... Yeah, that's the thing. Because I know we've had... I know there's been, like, tons of betas, and it seems like everybody that's played has been like, yeah, it's really fun. Yeah. I just don't... I just don't understand who this is for type thing. Right. Because there's other... Like you said, there's other things out there that people could be playing. Yeah. Uh, like, like the benefit is if you've got Game Pass, it's there and it's... You can play it. Um the, the other thing is the again the drop in and drop out nature of it because it's a four versus four if you've got one team that's got a healer 
and then that healer drops out all of a sudden it's like oh cool now we're down a player now it's four versus three and we don't have a healer and now i've got to change from whatever i am like a damage dealer or a tank and move to a healer but if i do that then we don't have a damage dealer um so at least there's like one sway on it but it sort of means that the person that has the double up needs to decide like if there's two damage dealers all right one of them is now going to go healer or if there's two tanks you know i've now got to hit or the other way around like oh we've lost our damage dealer um and you got to kind of keep on on point with that sort of that's what's going on in the match so anyway um yeah I've, i've had fun with it but at the same time i just don't know who it's for it's it's a really weird uh game to be putting out right now on it with a 30 dollar price tag when i think it should be a free-to-play game yeah yeah at least hmm. i mean i i think you'd struggle i you struggle to convince me to play this if it was even if it was free i think i'm watching <laughs> yeah i'm watching footage and it's like it just doesn't look that interesting i think like it just it looks really generic. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's just not. There's not like a super amount of depth to it at the stage because right. it's, you know, there's one button to attack and you've got two spells. That's kind of the way it it really works. Yeah, um, they've got different sort of recommendation levels on characters. Like, oh, this is an advanced one, but. Like, I've jumped in and played some of those advanced ones. I don't really see what the difference is. Right. Um, like, why is this advanced compared to the other ones? It just doesn't really... hasn't really clicked to me as why they're sort of singling that specific character out as, like, this one's advanced. Um, I guess because, you know, one of the abilities is a an AoE that you sort of can place on the ground as opposed to just, like, mashing Q or E to do a stun i don't know like there's some thinking about where you're going to put it right uh yeah that's yeah it's, it's not extremely complicated um or it's not it's too deep but it seems like they're trying to make it more than what it is by being like oh here's an advanced character it's like no not really yeah whatever but i don't know like I, i've had fun with the games i've played so it's not something that i'd be throwing 30 dollars down for yeah. or I don't know what it is in Australia, fifty or sixty bucks at this stage from the price, yeah. um, from the, the Australian dollar. But yeah, it's hard to recommend at that price if you do not have Game Pass. Anyway, yeah. Hmm. All right, and that's a uh, Bleeding Edge available now. Um, next up, uh, a game, a good game I can talk about, Control. The expansion will be out by the time people hear this. Uh, Control, obviously, our game of the year of last year. Unanimous. I think the first time that's ever happened. Uh, Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, For people that don't know what Control is, you play as a lady fucking... All right, this is going to be hard to explain. Control. Um, You play as a lady named Jessie Faden who uh, is looking for her brother who is in this strange building. You get there, um, you find this weird weapon, which makes you the director of the Federal Bureau of Control. And all this crazy stuff starts happening as the uh, building is taken over by flying monsters called the Hiss. Uh, fun ensures, and eventually 
most of the hiss gets destroyed. Sure. Um, you should play control if you haven't played control. You definitely should. <laughs> That's basically my my point. Yeah. For the people that have played control, this takes place after the events of um, control, where control kind of ended, where the hiss haven't been sort of eradicated. Like there's still hiss around uh, in the game, uh, but you've dealt with sort of the big bad. And so Jesse's kind of sent in to um, clean up the remaining ones that are around. And uh, if you remember in the Control uh, main campaign, there was a character who was in charge of the head of operations called Helen Marshall. Um, I think you kind of run into her towards like the first quarter of the game. And she eventually goes missing throughout the game. Like you don't know what happens to her. She kind of just disappears. Uh, And this particular expansion is dealing with that. Like you're tasked to go find her. Uh, and it turns out she's located in the uh, foundation. The foundation is um, basically the the base of the building. If you remember Adi, the, janitor, the janitor, um, yep. where he would go on holidays was that underground sort of area where there were giant pillars around the place. Uh, that is kind of like the foundation of the building. And so you go down there, you discover this weird sort of portal and that takes you off to the uh, the actual foundation of the oldest house. And you get there, you start uh, walking around a little bit and you discover that there's this giant, really weird pillar um, called the Nail. And it's been destroyed by something or it's been damaged and you're not really sure what's going on. And at this stage, the board tells you that uh, the... The damage that's happened to the nail has caused the astral plane to begin to leak into the reality of the older south. So it's starting to seep in. So you you remember the astral plane was that weird sort of um, bright lights, background, white area, um, like that sort of aesthetic to it. So that started to leak into the actual building. And if it doesn't get repaired, at least if the nail doesn't get repaired, then it will just consume the entire place and that's not a good thing. Uh, so that's sort of Jessie's, um, you know, role in this particular game. That's what she's got to do. That's her main mission is to repair the nail and stop the building from going kaput. Um, yeah. And so you get there, it's a brand new location in the game. Uh, you've never, you haven't been to this area at all. It's, it's, it's pretty big in terms of what you can go and do. It's sort of split up into a bunch of different areas. Um, And they're all sort of connected by these maze-like caves and tunnels that are underground of the the oldest house. And um, it's extremely like, it's it's got like this Metroidvania feel to it where a lot of the missions in Control were sort of um, linear in terms of you were given a mission and you kind of go from point A to point B. But also you could kind of do a lot of side missions along the way. Um, whereas the main overall mission in this expansion, the foundation is, uh, is sort of split up. You can kind of do it whichever way you want. Um, and that's because they give you an ability called, um, uh, what's the ability called the shape, I think. Yeah. Um, the shape and it's got two different forms that you can use. One's called create. The other one is called fracture. And depending on which one you pick will sort of 
gatekeep you out of specific areas. Um, and the way that these two uh, abilities work is create, for instance, there are set places within the environment that allow you to create crystal formations um, out of the like the walls or the floors of the uh, the place you're walking around. And you can use these crystals to platform and to uh, get to areas that were previously not accessible to the player. Um, and so you can use these uh, this create ability to you know make crystals come out of the floor or out of the walls, and then you kind of platform up to higher locations. But at the um, at the same time, that kind of stops you from getting into other areas because you've picked this one ability. So that you know you don't necessarily have to go create but if you pick that then that kind of locks you out of that specific area eventually you do get the other ability but um it's it's sort of a a bit less linear at this point you're kind of open to going to where wherever you kind of want at that stage um yeah there's two paths and on top of that there's you know i think there's four paths technically but like the two paths you can kind of go do whichever way you want in whichever order uh, and then you eventually come back and you can do the other two. Yeah, right. So Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, a bit more open-ended. That's sort of something they've always wanted to do with... I know they wanted to try and do Alan Wake as like an open-world game. Yeah. And Control sort of explored that in terms of it was definitely like an open area. You can kind of go back, a lot of Metroidvania styles sort of stuff. But this um, sort of puts you in an area and it's like, all right, now you can... We're splitting that up even more. Um, so something they've they've toyed with Uh, and then the second ability you've got is called fracture and that allows you to destroy these crystal formations that are in certain spots Um, so it could be a wall that's being blocked by these crystals and you can use your um your gun your uh grip to destroy these crystals and break down those walls uh, and get into those accessible areas Uh, and you can use both of these as an actual uh, weapon like a tool against enemies so the way that create works is you might see uh something you can interact with on the floor and so you can lure enemies across the top of them and then these crystals will sort of jump out of the the ground and you can sort of use them like spikes like like a spike trap and that'll damage enemies um at the same time fracture you might see them on a level surface and you can lure hiss over the top of them and shoot the crystals and then they'll kind of just fall into a pit and die so um they're kind of used as a puzzle but also as a weapon at the same time so interesting sort of ways to do that um on top of that there's a new enemy called the uh sharpened and the way that these guys work is they're extremely fast like they'll they kind of just run at you um and they do this like teleport dash ability and they get really close up into your face and they've got these axes that they hit, hit you with and generally they'll spawn like a couple of them at a time like four or five uh, and you've kind of got to deal with them not surrounding you and getting really overwhelmed by all these uh sharpened like just running at you constantly um the dodge ability or the evade ability comes in a lot of handy because you kind of hear the the noise when they're going to attack. And so that gives you the tell of like, oh, I've got to quickly get out of the way of here. And um, the other alternative is to just fly away, like levitate away. Yeah, right. But they uh, they can throw axes at you. Oh. So 
you you can try and fly away but uh if they throw an axe at you you've got to try and dodge um what i found was really helpful is i would get them really close to me and then fly away and they use the ground slam um because they'd be in like a close-knit area ground slam does an aoe damage and you know see you later uh which is something i really like about the game they really force you to think about the other abilities that are in the game i didn't use ground slam a lot when i played um the original control at least but in the foundation i've found myself using ground slam quite a lot i I end up using shield quite a lot um i don't think i use the shield ability at all when i played the original control just because uh i never really felt like i needed to there wasn't any purpose for me that's kind of a downfall of the game of like we talked about doom quite a lot and how the game sort of doesn't force you to think about the weapons you're using or the abilities that you've got and uh you know the enemies that it kind of throws at you doesn't really matter you can kind of just shoot them in the face and control suffer from that a little bit on some of the enemies at least like there was definitely there was definitely enemies that like had a shield around them you had to switch to a specific gun to sort of shred the shield and then eventually you could you know fire your normal gun at them um whereas this i felt like i used the shield a lot more because it would throw a specific enemy at me. And if I didn't have the shield, it would make things a lot harder, yeah. especially some of the boss encounters. Like there's one, there's one fight where you're on a moving platform and you can't <laughs> like, you can't leave this platform. It's a very enclosed space. And so you have to rely on the shield to protect you from these attacks. Um, so I like that they've done a good job of thinking about, all right, what are the, what are the things people didn't use a lot of and how can we fix that? How can we make them, use those tools that we've given them so that, that stuff's pretty cool um there's also a new ability attached to shield called shield rush um this isn't necessarily part of the foundation update it's just an update they're bringing out so there's new shield rush that basically lets you bring up your shield and you can use your evade and like run into things and it'll cause damage um so there's a new skill tree in there as well that you can spec into if you want to have a shield rush and also on top of that each um each skill has an extra slot down the bottom so you can you can go one further down so uh, a little bit more powerful in this version of the game um what else is there there's in terms of like the visual style of the game obviously control is a really good looking game yeah um really distinctive looking yeah and just like the the uh you know the the lighting stuff they're doing with the the ray tracing on the gtx cards sorry the the geforce rtx cards um even without that looks great on on consoles and that sort of stuff but i don't think they do a lot to sort of bring anything new or fresh to the look of the game it sort of seems like okay I've, i've been down this i've been down this office before like the, the the assets all look like they've just been reused right. for the most part there's a couple of um like in the caves and that sort of thing it's this red um like there's red dirt everywhere but at the same time it's just a cave like you've seen this stuff before and all the stuff in the buildings are the same um the elevators you've been in those elevators before like they're just doing more of the same sort of stuff they've already done it just kind of looks the same again so that's something that i think they uh, could have improved on at least a little bit because um, you know it still looks really good it's just I would have liked to see something a bit more fresh yeah um, 
but I think the the main thing that like a lot of people would be here for is if you're a, a fan of that last game is is the like storytelling like where does this story go from here what are they trying to do um and i think they do a really good job of letting the player sort of explore more of that world you, you find out more about like the oldest house and the history behind it yeah um and the directors that have previously been in charge of this the the bureau um and then other scientists that have sort of come before uh like dr darling who was uh, you know one of the main characters of control like you sort of hear about them and them discovering all this weird stuff that's going on uh so it's really cool to sort of get the history and the background on, on all this stuff um so that stuff is really interesting and i think where the game actually goes in terms of its story uh, I'm trying to think of how to say things without spoiling it. Um, I think it does a really good job of like cliffhangers. Like, oh, okay, I wonder where this, wonder where this is going because I obviously know where they're going on the next DLC because they've announced it. Yep. But I can't make the connection right. between the two. Um, so whether or not that is actually going to have anything to do with it or if i'm just reading too much into it um maybe i'm just completely wrong about where they're where i think they're going but i finished that dlc thinking oh that's really interesting like i wonder what's next is, is this like what they're going to be doing like as soon as um i so steve wright i'm doing the review for survivor yep. uh, he also got a copy because yep. he's doing some stuff for it as well and so as soon as he finished i was like had to ask him about certain things and um, you know, same sort of thing that Control did, like talking to other people about the game and trying to sort of get their thoughts on it and what they, uh, you know, what what they thought about the game and the ideas it was kind of bring, yeah, uh, what it was trying to bring. So that stuff is really cool. Like I like, I, lo- I like I love the storytelling in these games, and I think that's where a lot of people will get a kick out of it. Um, if you're really invested in Control mm. and you want to learn more about this world and what the game is doing, <clears throat> then um, yeah, it's definitely something you want to check out. But if you're thinking you're going to get more um, or different types of gameplay, I guess, that's not really what the game is doing other than like the one new enemy type because yeah. um, it reuses bosses. Uh, that that f- um, it's, It reuses bosses. That's all I'm going to say. Right. Um, and uh, there's some unforgiving checkpointing in this one. Again. I'd say worse, worse, absolutely worse than the last oh game. Oh my God, yeah. really? <laughs> yeah, way it's way worse, and I think it's going to get a lot of criticism. My biggest fucking complaint about <laughs> control yeah. was how bad the checkpointing was. So, the, holy I mean, fuck! Giving it a pass about that specific one is that it's not a main mission; it's a side mission, right? Still, um, but it's still got some the most heinous checkpointing I have seen. Yeah. Mainly because the it ends on a boss fight. And you need to spend about three minutes getting to oh, that no. boss, like like fighting other enemies, oh. and you eventually get there, and you're like, "Shit, I've got to do all this again." That's annoying. Um, and I know it wasn't just me because Steve Wright was having problems with it, and I was like, "Dude, I literally went to bed and I beat it the first time the next time." <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those it's things, like, oh, you yep. just needed some rest." Yeah. Um, other improvements: map, new map, two so much better. Oh, yeah. Um, they sort of highlighted the different um, elevations on the map. So the higher parts are a bit more darker. And so you can really read the map 
so much better. It's it's great. Um, some fa- really fantastic articles in there, like documents about new altered items and and that sort of stuff. If people like reading up on that, uh, which is something I I got a real kick out of because uh, I think the writing in that game is phenomenal. Um, some awesome interactions between Jesse and the board. Uh, they really give the board a lot of character this time. Um, so the board is that weird upside down triangle thing that you would talk to through the hotline and uh, you still don't know what the board is. Like it's it, it could be a group of people that could be one per, like one person, but it always speaks like really weirdly to you. Yep. And there's some some great dialogue between Jesse and the board. Uh, I think it's, it's really funny stuff. Um, <clears throat> I don't like, because the DLC is sort of split up into two sections, you've got the foundation, which has just come out. And then the AWE expansion is coming out in a few months, which is the Alan Wake, mm. um, DLC or it ties to Alan Wake. Uh, it's, it's like a $24 price tag. So it's kind of hard to say, what do you like can you buy it is it worth buying it without having the second part of that it's really hard yep. to be like do i recommend this i think i'd recommend it to people that um really dug the story and wanted to know more about it because that's kind of what it does yep. <clears throat> but at the same time it leaves you at least i felt on a, a bit of a cliffhanger maybe it doesn't maybe it did resolve what it was trying to do i just felt like it didn't um but it just gives you more of that world and more of that stuff with a little bit more, um, you know, a, a tiny bit of new things in there, which is the the new villain. Oh, sorry, the new um, uh, enemy. enemy. Yeah. yeah. Um, otherwise, you know, the aesthetic looks pretty much similar. Like, there's not a huge amount of change in there. It's it's It didn't take me that long to sort of pick it up and be like, oh, I'm playing Control again. Like, the the learning curve wasn't difficult at all. Yeah. So, um, right. That stuff is really cool. Uh, I wanted to tell you a story though, if we've got time. Yeah. Do we have time? What? This could be a spoiler for some people. Okay. For 95% of people, oh. it won't be a spoiler because right. they're not going to find it. <laughs> okay. Right. Yep. If you're the type of person that wants to, that really likes control and is going to play this expansion, mm. um, and you're going to jump in there and try and 100% it, mm. I would say fast forward five minutes because uh, you, you might want to do it all yourself. Right. Um, otherwise, to give you an idea, this thing that took me to, to figure out, Steve and I to figure out, two of us, uh, took us maybe two or three times longer than it took us to actually finish the, the game. <laughs> wow. So the game is about four to five hours long. Um, and this thing I'm about to talk about took probably... 10 hours, maybe longer to sort out. Shit. Good. Okay. Um, So anyway, there's there's a thing in the trailer they've been teasing, which is this fucking cat. There's a cat and it's it's one of those um, like lucky cats that like waves at you. All right. There was was one in the original game where the luck and probability room. Yeah. um, Where you would act, you would activate it and then do a bunch of other things and then eventually you'd get the golden suit for jesse to wear <clears throat> this cat has been in a bunch of their marketing material and um there is a section of the game where there's there's these like giant pillar doors that sort of stop you from going through certain areas it feels like a loading point um 
where they these giant heavy doors sort of lift up from the ground and go up and there's like three of them and there's generally like a giant walkway in between all these feels like a loading zone anyway there's one of those in this game and you can actually levitate to a uh, a point in the map which is another one of these doors and you'll find this cat sitting out front of it and it's sort of just sitting at this door you don't know what it is there's nothing there anyway um i'm playing this game and i find a um a shower in this room right and i interact with it because i can interact with it she hits it nothing happens i'm like okay whatever a couple hours later i eventually get into this secret lab um and i'm just running around and at the back of the wall in one of the rooms i find a valve it's just a like a there's a bunch of pipes there's valves all over the place but this one i can interact with and so i interact with it she turns it and then that's it i'm like that was weird and then I, I immediately thought, oh, I wonder if it's got to do with that shower. So I finished what I was doing down there, backtracked back to the shower, which is somewhere else outside the, the where I'm at. And I get there and I activate the shower and I hear this like pop behind me. And I turn around and there's this fucking cat, this cat statue. It's like waving at me. So I go interact with it. It disappears. And I get this document. It's an eight. Uh, AWE document, Altered Worlds, World Event, or AIE, I can't remember. It's a document that you pick up in the game, and it starts talking about these cats and how um, it was once found in the director's chair. They eventually, you know, contained it in the Panopticon, but it started multiplying, and eventually they all disappeared. They didn't know what happened with it. And so I'm like, okay, that's weird. Uh, and so I go back to the the cat on the 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 you know, where I was before. And now there's a cat. That cat is there and it's waving and the door opens, but there's like another door behind it. So now there's two cats out the front of this door and it's waving and there's a bunch of doors there. I'm like, that's weird. Um, so I messaged Steve Wright and I'm like, we're about to in the game. Can you go to this door and like, like see what's going on? And he sends me a screenshot of this cat out the front of this door. I'm like, okay, cool. It's not just me. It's like, there's something going on here. Mm. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so I wait for Steve Wright to finish the game and I'm like, so did you find any anything weird? Like any more cats? And he's like, no, I didn't find anything. So I like I tell him where my cat is that I found. And uh, eventually he's like, all right, well, what about this place? Like, Because at this stage, I don't know what this fucking cat is doing. I, like it could be part of the next DLC. Like I didn't see anything else like this. It was really strange. Um so Steve's like, oh, I, uh, I noticed that there was these weird, like these cube, the two cubes up on a ledge near the starting area. And um, and so he goes over there and he's like, there's a grid nearby. It looks like an excavation grid when I go there and look at it. Right. It's like set up with uh, like string and there's like flags nearby, but it's set up in like an 18 sort of grid layout. And uh, so now I'm in my game, he's in his game. And he finds these two cubes and we're looking around and I'm like, okay, I found another cube over here. And then he finds another cube. We eventually find like eight cubes that are around the place. He's like black, black cubes, but there's not enough. There's not 18 cubes. And so we're trying to figure out how to put them on this grid to try and make something happen. At this stage, we could be just fucking, it could be just a bunch of cubes and some grids. Yeah. Um, but we we don't know what's going on, so it's just it's just seemed really weird for them to put these these cubes. Mm. So then he 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 starts fucking around with that. He can't he doesn't know what's going on. Um, 
neither do I. And he, he mentions that there was also like a hallway that he found and that was kind of blocked off and he couldn't find out how to get the other side. And I'm like, oh, no, I actually know how to get to that side. You got to do some like jumping and you get there. And then he says, oh, well, what about uh, the bathroom? There's like an astral plane bathroom right. that you get into. And I'm like, okay, well, what about it? And he's like, there's a, there's like this gold hole that you can see. Um, and one of the puzzles in the game is you find these gold uh, cubes and you throw the gold cubes into the gold hole and it creates like a platform. And I'm like, okay, interesting. And so I go to the, the bathroom. I can't find this cube. And so I go back to the astral plane and I've finished the astral plane because I've finished the game and I find a gold cube that's sitting like on a ledge. I'm like, okay, that's weird because it shouldn't be there because I've, I've finished this area. So I, I pick it up and I'm looking around and I see a bathroom off in the distance. And so I throw the gold cube at the bathroom and it gets sucked into the toilet. I'm like, okay. Fair enough. And so I go back to the bathroom on the the, uh, the map, like the actual in the thing, and the gold cube is there. And so I pick up the gold cube, throw it into the, the gold hole, and the fucking cat shows up. I'm like, all right, Steve, we're on, we're on to something. There's something going on here. Now we've got two cats. We know we're not going stupid. I'm like, that that cube that we're looking at with the excavation pit, pit it's definitely something. And so he's looking at it and he's like, shit, I think I figured it out. There's footprints in the in in some of the squares. And then he goes, They're paw prints, the cat paw prints. <laughs> and so we get the he puts all the, the uh, blocks in all the paw prints and the fucking cat shows up. So we've we've now got three cats. Uh, we go back to the to the the door and now an extra door opens and there's three cats. There's there's four cats or something sitting out the front's door, waving at this door. All right, fair enough. Um, so now we're on an adventure to try and figure out this this cat thing. I, I find one doing some platforming back near the nail, the thing I was talking about. You have to jump up really high. It's in a cardboard box. Find the cat in there. Boom, another cat. Um, then Steve mentions an elevator that's in the game. And at one stage, you get in this elevator uh, and there's these red orbs that sort of flash on each side. And they're one of those orbs that you shoot and it kind of gets rid of red area around you. Um, and he's, he mentioned that he tried to shoot them when he was playing it and he couldn't do anything. So I went over and had a look and uh, I meleeed one of them and it disappeared. And I was like, all right, cool. So I went back down, went back up the elevator, melee, 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 cat shows up in the elevator. Uh, and at this stage, like we're sort of, I'm sort of running out of ideas because I'm like, what else is weird in the game that I've seen that we can try and figure out? Yep. And so... <clears throat> Um, there's a side mission in the game where you go down a cave and you find a TV and it's pitch black dark, but the TV uses light to illuminate everything. And so you go through it while fighting enemies, but the enemies don't attack you because they're sort of hypnotized by the TV. I'm like, fuck now I've got to go. I've got to go look in this cave because that seems like a good spot to hide a, one of these cats. Sure. So I find a light and I use my levitate ability to carry this fucking light through this dark cave uh, and I come across this bear, this teddy bear. It's kind of just sitting in this hidden tunnel. Like I had to break a wall to get to it. And I'm trying to interact with it. I'm trying all sorts of stuff. I'm shooting it in the face. Can't figure it out. Don't don't know. Um, so I leave. I go somewhere else. And uh, there's another part of the map. At this stage, I'm basically 
going to every section of the map mm. looking for weird shit. There's this room with like 40 officers in it. All right. It's this giant room. And uh, I'm, I'm just, this stage of the game, I'm just throwing shit everywhere. Like I'm picking up tables, throwing them at walls. And uh, in this particular office, I just throw a, like a table at a wall and the, the wall breaks. Right. And I go in the room and there's, a, you know, there's some documents and stuff in there and there's a poster on the wall. So I throw another thing at that poster and then that wall breaks and there's a cat sitting in there, um, sitting on the floor. So at this stage, we've now got seven cats and it looks like there's still more room, like three more cats at this fucking door. Like doors are opening all over the place, but there's, it's not working. Right. Um, it's about three o'clock in the morning at this stage. And I started at about 1030 at night. Um, and I'm like, I got to go to bed because <laughs> I'm going to be here all fucking night. Yeah. So then I get up the next morning, about three hours goes by. I do not find anything. Uh, I'm at this stage. I've taken a screenshot of the map and I've highlighted all the areas I've been to. Right. Uh, and I'm looking all over the place. Um, Steve shows up and he's like, how are we going? I'm like, I've not found anything in three hours. I've, I've like, it's my second walkthrough at the astral plane. This is where I'd found the toilet thing. I'm like, I'm just sort of just backtracking at this, this stage. Uh, about 10 minutes after he shows up, I realize that there's a, a another gold cube underneath a crystal floor that you can destroy. It's kind of just sitting in the bottom corner. So then I pick that up. I'm like, where the fuck do I throw this thing? And then I find uh, a spot to throw it into. Boom. Uh, another cat shows up. Um, at this stage, we think there's only one more cat because there's only one spot for it and we can see like through a crack in the wall it looks like there's another wall behind it so it doesn't look like another door it looks like there's some sort of wall there right. all right fair enough um and i don't know where else to look other than back down at that teddy bear yeah, yeah. so we go back down to this teddy bear and i'm having this idea because in front of this bear is this weird rubble? It's like it looks like the cube, but like a broken cube. I'm like, we got to get the, the bear a cube somehow. Like the the bear wants a cube, and so we go. I go back up the top, and Steve and I are trying to carry one of these cubes through this dark fucking tunnel, mm. juggling. You know, that, our idea is to juggle the, the, the light. Yeah. And the, yeah, but the moment you get into the tunnel, the cube disappears. Right. Like it despawns. I'm like, shit. Now I got to find a cube inside of this dark tunnel. Um, because that's what the bear wants. Hmm. The bear's going to get what it wants. So I'm looking for this fucking cube. And Steve's like, oh, I just found it. And I'm thinking, oh, he found the, the cube. And he's like, no, I actually found this fucking cat. Um, there's a, there was like a little hole in the wall covered by a bunch of rocks that you had to levitate out of the way. And you walk in there and uh, you find this cat. And it also a document that talks about the teddy bear as well. Oh. So they're sort of tied together. Um. And at this stage, Steve's game crashes, crashes to desktop, and he can't boot up his save anymore. Like, his save is corrupt or something. Oh. I'm like, oh, man. Um, but it wasn't... Yeah, so I send him my save game file. Yep. Uh, he loads into it. We eventually both get... Because we're, we're both on online at the same time. We both get to this fucking cat door. The first door opens, second door, third door, fourth, and these cats are standing out front waving. Last door opens... And we walk in there and there's a shrine of cats everywhere, right? Right. Like, like there's a podium and behind it, a shrine of cats, all the cats we found. On the wall, there's a, there's a painting of a cat, like in a suit. 
Um, and then up on, on top of the walls, there's cats, like these cat statues everywhere, and they're all fucking waving at you. Uh, and on the podium is a set of cat ears, and Jesse picks them up and she puts them on her head. That's it. That's what you <laughs> That's got. It. You got some fucking cat ears. <laughs> that is amazing. That is spectacular. Well, needless to say, Steve and I were pretty pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's amazing. That's spectacular. You have to <laughs> write that up. Like, obviously, spoiler warning the fuck out of it, but that has to be. Yeah. Like, I'm not talking about like a fucking guide on how to get all the cats or whatever. I'm talking about. Oh no, it's fucking. Steve's written a guide for it. No, forget the guide. I'm talking the fucking process. This is. It reminds me of the vampire thing from Red Dead Redemption, except the vampire thing had <laughs> wasn't a fucking had a payoff. Yeah, like holy shit. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, but the, Steve then messaged Remedy, yeah. the developers, <laughs> with a picture of uh, of him with the cat ears on out the front of his door. Yeah. And uh, and they messaged us back and said, you know, nice work. Uh, the team had a bet going on how long it would take people to find this. <laughs> and it's like, they didn't think it would be this fast. <laughs> Get Because right. we did it in like two days. Yeah. Yeah, that is gold. Um, and that was just two of us. Like, I don't think it would have went longer than a week with the community behind it, especially. Yeah, I, like I feel like there might be some guides out there. Yeah. Because um, all it needs is one person to find two of them to be like, oh, okay, there's something going on here, and then all of a sudden, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know if we were the first, but yeah, it still was really interesting. I thought there was going to be something <laughs> like something crazy behind that door. Not a bunch of cat ears that Jesse can wear. Um, but there you go. Uh, that's cool. If you want to save yourself a bunch of time, you can go to Survivor and check out the guide for that, though. Or just the screenshot of the cat ears. Yeah. Makes <clears throat> anyway, that was still like a cool little side thing. Like, there's there's no mission that pops up yeah. for any of this. It's kind of, you just kind of do it. Yeah. And it happens. Um, so that stuff is really cool. I just wish the payoff was a little bit better Not for us, at least. <laughs> yeah. It took us a fuckload of time to figure out as well. That is good. Um, but it was still fun, enjoyable. So there you go. That was my uh, control story. Hmm. Gold. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, I, I, I dig the game, the, uh, the expansion. I, I'm super excited to see what, uh, obviously, the Alan Wake DLC is because, holy shit, um, that'd be, I think that'd be amazing. But I, I do like that the foundation kind of fills in a bunch of um, backstory and lets you know a little bit more about the oldest house and, and the things that have gone out before you kind of got there. Uh, and you kind of learn about new characters in this world. So yeah, it's not a super long game. Take, yeah. take you four or four or five hours to finish. Um, <clears throat> so I'd recommend checking it out. If you've got the, uh, that season pass, especially if you're amped about the Alan Wake DLC, like you're going to play that. May as well check this one out. Um, the horde mode stuff they did beforehand, the expedition, I think it was called, was kind of, uh, you know, a throwaway thing. Horde mode, nothing much to it. No story stuff, really. This kind of adds a bit more meat into the game, so that's always good. But otherwise, that is all. Control, the foundation, out now. Cool. Yep. I hate cats after that whole thing. Yeah, now you hate cats. I do not like cats. You got fucking yep. 16 of them, whatever. Two of them. Yeah. Cool. Next up. 
Valve made a new game. Valve made it. Valve don't make games. So, uh... Uh, yeah, anyway, Half-Life Alex came out this week. And, uh, I've been playing it. I haven't finished it yet, uh, but I haven't been playing it. And... It's fine, I guess. It's fine. Uh, it is, I wouldn't... I wouldn't buy a fucking VR headset for it. Luke. Uh, but... Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Um... Yeah, Half-Life Alex is the VR-only uh, Half-Life sequel that people have been waiting, I don't know, fucking... 13 years. Yeah, 13 years for. Um, and, damn. Starting to understand why uh, Valve didn't want to make a fucking new Half-Life game, because uh, I don't think it's because they, they felt... Well, I think they said somewhere that they felt they couldn't meet expectations... And I don't think it's because mm. expectations were too high. I think they're not good enough anymore. Uh, Half-Life Alex is cool. It's it's the most polished uh, VR game I have ever played by such a long way. Like, by yeah. fucking, like, miles and miles. It is so much more polished than any other VR game I've played. Uh, and it's also probably the least ambitious VR game I've played. Uh, you play as Alex Vance, um, you know, from Half-Life 2, uh, you are going, you're, you're tasked with saving your dad, Eli Vance, it's set five years before, uh, it says in the game, five years before the death of Eli Vance, uh, you've got a there's a character on the side I can't remember his name off the top of my head Russell I think it is Russell he's played by Reese Darby uh, yeah who is the it's werewolves hey isn't he a werewolf yeah he's one of the the, the werewolves not swearwolves from what we do in the shadows he's in that um, what was that that Guns Akimbo he's in Guns Akimbo being a weird guy he was in X-Files episode wasn't he He's in one of the yes new X Files. Uh, he's basically just uh, and obviously, Flight of the Concords. He's uh, he's Murray from Flight of the Concords, the the Concords uh, like manager, mm. and uh, he's a Kiwi. It's very weird hearing a Kiwi voice all the time, but he's a very funny man and uh, he's got some great dialogue in this. And uh, yeah, his ability to deliver. Uh, like awkward dialogue is hmm. uh, you know he's, he's easily top tier in that department and uh, he's probably the highlight of the game in my opinion anyway uh, so you play as Alex uh, some stuff sort of goes wrong the combine arrive uh, they take your dad and uh, and you and uh, you escape you get these rustles, these gloves that allow you to manipulate gravity. Uh, I guess the prototype of the grab gun. And yep. uh, the way they work is, you know, you point at the, at things and then you like grab with the trigger. I guess you grab like, I, I think the game's functionally made for index, but nobody can buy a fucking index because they only made 12 of the fucking things. So... 
uh, yeah, it works with basically every VR. I've got the original Vive, so I've got the original Vive controllers, uh, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, you basically you grab with the trigger, and that mm. allows you to pull something to you, and then you catch it again. So you pull with the trigger, and then you pull the trigger to hold it. And uh, that's basically how you you bring stuff to you. And the the Onion did a uh, a article on uh, Half Life Alex, and in it they're like you can grab all all kinds of things from around the world, ranging from small cardboard boxes all the way up to slightly larger cardboard boxes. And uh, mm. it's that's pretty true. That's <clears throat> largely what you're grabbing is various sizes yeah. of boxes. Uh, it feels really weird, right? Because I remember with the grav gun being fucking like flabbergasted over the things you could grab. You could basically just interact with shit, uh, like hmm. from around the fucking like around the map. Like the you know obviously half type two two had massive like entire puzzles involving hmm. the use and uh mastery of the grav gun and this doesn't feel like that at all it feels like at most like largely what you use the gra the rustles for the grav gloves for is to bring ammo to you from a distance or there are these things that allow you to upgrade your guns uh like this this currency that you use to upgrade your guns that you grab from like out of the way places uh they're hidden all over the place and so you find them and you bring them to you and hmm. that's about it like that is that seems to be the extent to which the grab guns are used there are a few minor puzzles um but largely what you're doing is not that involved it's moving boxes out of the way of doors or right uh you know i think the the if you've seen any clips of half-life alex from before the game came out you know that people will use like grabbing you know they've got that one where they grabbed a chair and used it to, to the head crab yeah to block a head crab you don't you don't do anything that involved me i grab a fucking a rubbish bin lid and i just hold it up in front of me and the head crab jumps and hits the and then i just drop the fucking lid and empty a fucking clip into the thing right like that's about all that you're doing there like it sounds like you're playing it wrong yeah like you know obviously you know there's there's a degree <laughs> of imagination there that i've clearly usurped uh, uh but it, it's because like you know i think imagination occurs you know people have the space to uh, to ex exhibit or exercise their imagination when they aren't utilizing their uh, cognitive abilities just to fucking live through shit. But I've never got, I never feel like I've got enough fucking ammo for anything. Uh, I, I think I've had about five fucking shotgun shells the entire fucking game. Um, and like, yeah, I'm always running out of fucking bullets in my pistol. It's not like I'm wasting them. I'm actually like, I. I can't imagine how hard this game would be if you were a bit of a shit shot. I guess I'm playing on this four difficulty levels and I'm playing on the like 
third highest, I guess, but it's it's called normal, right? It's, it goes hmm. hard, normal, easy, and then story. Uh, I'm playing on normal, and I'm sitting there wondering how the fuck people have enough ammo to get through this shit and, like, fuck about, right? Like, I guess the only thing is, I like, I don't want to get hit at all. Because I think in VR, right, being hit at all is greatly more impactful than even, like, fucking the most devastating, like, getting kicked by a giant in Dark Souls or something and losing 90% of your fucking health doesn't have anywhere near the impact of having a fucking head crab jump into your fucking face in VR because that, you lose yourself, right? You... Uh, full-blown mum's spaghetti at that point and you're like jesus fucking christ <laughs> right so that has a fucking psychic impact on your ability it doesn't yeah. matter if you look at your hand and you've still got like two and a half fucking hearts left like you are on your heart is fucking my thumping in my fucking chest and i'm like oh christ uh, uh this is the big one my left arm's gone numb. <laughs> There's no beds left. I'm going in the hospitals. I'm going to fucking die on this one. Um, yeah, like, I don't want to get hit at all. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm taking everything really fucking cautiously. I'm, like, playing it pretty fucking slow. And so I'm not taking risks. Like, oh, I wonder if I pick up this fucking chair and see if i can block it i'm just like fuck that shit give me a fucking i'll use a fucking lid and i'll just fucking drop the thing and then fucking pump it full of fucking ammo like that that's it like that's that's the fucking extent of my fucking experimentation is doing things i know work because yeah like i can't i feel like i can't afford to to do anything beyond it so, anyway, uh, yeah, it, it just, it's also very linear. Like, there's hmm. not a lot of, like, it feels like I'm not experimenting because it feels like there's not much point to it. Like, you do things, you go through an area and it's, you know, you go through a sewer at one point and it's a fucking sewer and... You just yeah, you know, like it feels like Half Life. It doesn't feel like uh, <clears throat> you know they've taken into sort of where games have headed the last yeah exactly decade, right? Like games have a bit more open ended. I think it's even more linear than Half Life was, though. You know, like Half Life was quite linear, but at least the areas were broad. Yeah, but I guess because you know by the nature of the fucking you know VR, you don't want people wandering around too broad an area too wide an area because uh they have to make those actions themselves so i guess you know it feels even more narrow than that but my i guess my problem is i i'm coming off playing boneworks which didn't have any problem with any of that shit right like boneworks boneworks was an ambitious game boneworks isn't anywhere near as polished as uh as half-life alex uh they only just recently added the ability to save me level um All right. but like that said you if you you know the fucking the old skyrim thing if you saw a fucking 
mountain off the see that mountain you can go climb that mountain you didn't there weren't mountains in boatworks but there were fucking like walls and shit i'm sure you could probably find nine cats in fucking boatworks somewhere you know like that kind of shit like you there's all this shit that you like oh yeah i, I could probably oh i could maybe climb up there let's see if i can fucking hmm. climb up there uh, meanwhile in half-life alex you can't even jump like you climb ladders to go up and or you know certain ledges you just sort of teleport up but that's about it and i i feel like i'm constantly being like restricted by you know where i can move to um boneworks did this thing where it would like physically stop your body from moving through certain things like your physical your body was a physical presence doesn't feel like that's the case in uh half-life alex so like comparatively i feel like i'm less present when you stick your head through a wall everything just goes bright like orange the half-life so you can't see it yeah so you can't see through it and stuff um which i think is a you know just a bad way to do it i think they do it because people get motion sick uh the Mm. bone works way but the like i when I compare the two, right, I, I would stop playing, I would take breaks from playing Boneworks because I felt motion sick. And I take breaks from playing Half-Life Alex because I'm a bit bored. And that's not good, right? I would <laughs> rather feel a little queasy than feel a little bored with the fucking $70 game I just p- paid for. You know, like, that's fucking crazy to me. Which I think is a little bit why I haven't fucking finished it yet. I mean, I've played it a bunch. Uh, I can probably have a squiz at how much uh, how much time I've spent. Because I've been recording myself playing the whole time. Right. Uh, and I think it's worked most of the time. Uh, so what's this? That is Boneworks. Cool. Real helpful, dickwad. Um, here we go. So what do we got here? What does your Steam say? Your Steam is notoriously incorrect, but... Uh, Steam reckons five hours, and I've got... Uh, about five hours of footage, but... <laughs> no, <laughs> shut the fuck up. It failed. <laughs> one of the recordings failed. <laughs> yeah, one of the recordings failed, so... Right. Like, so five and a half hours. Uh, probably just shy of six, I would say. Uh, and yeah, it's like, I don't know. Like it does some really cool shit, right? Like the, the puzzle solving, there are like the puzzle solving, right? The puzzle solving that's really cool in it is like fucking minority report shit. When you like, you've got this tool, this multi-tool that you use to hack combine devices, and when you're hacking mm. those devices, this like ball comes off up, and you've got to like drag a, a thing, like a, a blue dot to another blue dot, uh, and there are all these red dots, and you've got to like navigate a sort of maze that doesn't have walls, so you just sort of, but like the the red dots, you got to dodge the red dots, and or you yeah. know you got to match colors and stuff like that, and it sounds dull out loud it sounds dull to vocalize but in practice feels fucking crazy right like it feels wild like something you've never done before like you are fucking tom cruise like fucking 
grabbing things from all over the place and working out how that dude is going to murder his wife or whatever. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's rad, right? But the the rest of the puzzle solving feels largely like largely tedious. There was this section uh, that I played last night where I got to the top. I climbed all the way up this four-story like thing, uh, like this apartment area, and it's riddled with head crabs. And I crawled, uh, like climbed the way all the way to the top, and I get up there, and then when I get to the top, uh, there was like a fucking energy force field blocking hmm. me from moving on. And it's like and. Murray comes, Russell comes over the fucking speaking. He's like, oh, looks like you're going to have to work out how to get through that. And uh, you fucking look at the fucking power cable and power cable goes all the way back down to the bottom of the thing. I'm like, right. So I got to fucking go back down the bottom. So that's what you do. You just climb all the way back to the fucking bottom. And then you got to climb all the, like, what? That's not a puzzle. That's just stalling for time at this point right like i already climbed this shit what the fuck there's no puzzle the puzzle there is why am i continuing to play at this point because i'm fucking ticked off (laughs) anyway so i get to yeah i did that i was just yeah in the next section i got these like electric dogs that zap you uh and I don't find them particularly interesting as enemies. They're basically just annoying. Um, but last night I died to one because for the first time, I'd never seen it do this before. When, like, they inhabit these, uh, like, they inhabit uh, corpses and they, they, like, they make them slam the ground and then that shoots out a fucking line of energy and if you get hit by the energy your gun stops working and you can't move and all this kind of shit it sort of stuns you uh, it's hmm. not good and it does a bunch of damage yeah last night the fucking line turned a corner and then turned another corner and hit me so I just sort of fucking it's like seeking me out but I've never seen it do that before every like it's it's always been like a straight line like so much of the game rev- like revolves around Basically, you, like, standing somewhere that you shouldn't be, right? Like, say you want to take on a head crab, right? You stand in front of the head crab. They've got these armored head crabs. And when they jump at you, you got to shoot the fucking uh, red part underneath them, right? So to kill them, right, you can't kill them if they're just crawling around. Regular head crab, you just fucking empty into them. Armored head crab, they jump. Right, and then you shoot the thing. Right, to do, to fuck them up without getting head crabbed, you stand there, and then you hold the uh, the up button on the fucking controller is how you teleport on your left hand. So you hold that somewhere else, right, and you hold it five meters off to your right, and then with your other with your gun, right, you wait. Right, so you got the, so you got the direction heading over somewhere else, and you got your gun facing at the head crab, and you wait for it to jump. And as soon as it jumps, you shoot, and then you teleport away. Right, and you teleport off to the right, and if you don't shoot it, 
uh, if you don't hit the fucking hit the weak point, then uh, then it doesn't die and it continues on its path. And if you had been standing there, you would have gotten head crabs. But because you teleported away after you took the shot, it missed. Right? That's it. When it lands, it reveals its weak point for a second as well, so you can fucking shoot it. But largely, you just do that, right? You fucking wait for it to jump. There's exploding pustules uh, that you have to stand next to, and you wait for them to expand as much as possible, and you teleport. And so to do that, you teleport up next to one, right? And then you hmm. hold the fucking teleport five meters to your right. And then when it gets to the the maximum, you teleport away and it explodes. And you're like, oh, yeah, cool. And, yeah, same goes for electric dogs. When they go to do the slam on the ground, teleport to the right, and the line misses you, and and you're fine. Except last night, yeah, the fucking line that it shot out fucking turned two corners to fucking find me and kill me. And I'm like, yeah, right, okay, well, I haven't seen it do that before. <laughs> it's an interesting way to introduce a brand new fucking move for it. But whatever. It, also, it was also electrocuting me through two walls. Like it was because if you get close, too close to them, when they're inside a zombie, they electrocute you. Uh, it was doing that through multiple walls, um, and uh, I don't, I don't know. Feels like the walls would provide at least a little insulation. Apparently not. Just sort of clipped through. Fine, cool. That's great. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just sort of fucking disappointing um the ai on the combine well, AI on all the enemies isn't all that intelligent i mean head crabs will just head crab their way to you the head crab zombies will do the same combine sort of sort of make their way towards you but they will take way too many bullets to fucking drop i, I don't know how many times i gotta shoot a cunt in the head for him to die but yeah it's annoying uh because I think resource management is probably the least exciting part of the game. Hmm. So, yeah, but like when enemies don't have, don't die quickly, resource management plays a large role. And I just, yeah, I just find that a little annoying, a little tedious. I mean, yeah, I just, I'm just, I'm basically just going through now because I paid. A fucking ton of money and i played five hours apparently and so i can't get a fucking refund um <laughs> i would probably refund this game honestly uh it's what's it on fucking metacritic it's fucking high on metacritic i think it's the highest rated game this year that is that is bananas that is New crazy release. it's 92 on on metacritic and it is not a 92 it's got 100 100 32 positive reviews so far uh yeah good lord the lowest it's got is an 80 uh one two three four five six seven eight nine ten one hundreds uh yeah that's bananas um because yeah it just doesn't do anything new I said I I tweeted this just before we started the podcast, mm. uh, but it is the avatar of games to me. You know, like forget the Citizen Kane 
of video games. Half-Life Alex is the avatar of video games. It is there specifically to push a, a certain type of technology. And once you tear away how enamored you are by that technology itself, it is surprisingly shallow. Unbelievably mm. shallow. Uh, yeah, Avatar was there, you know, invented to push 3D TVs into homes. You know, that was the 3D TVs were going to be the new HD TV. Uh, obviously, that flopped. Uh, it was never going to work, in my opinion. But so you think? Whoa. Wait till two, three, four, five, and six come out. Wait till twenty twenty four when Avatar two releases. <laughs> um, yeah, like, and and this this has been created as a showcase for what VR is capable of from a technical standpoint. This is yeah, this mm. is the old, the old id software. We made a great engine and forgot to put a good game on top of it, type thing. Um, like it's just yeah it's hyper shallow it doesn't do anything interesting with the I don't think it does any, like anything particularly interesting with the medium it's some of the worst uh, like interactivity that I've seen You your gun you've got like a gun select button yeah I saw this I think that's awful I think it's you can only carry two guns or something. No, you carry. Uh, well, I've got, I've got three guns and a multi-tool now. Um, right. I don't think I'll get any more guns. I pr- I prefer yeah. if you're limited to the amount of slots you have. So in uh, Saints and Sinners, the Walking Dead game, you can only carry like I think it's two holstered weapons and a one on your back. But the trick is, you grab all that shit off yourself. So if you you Hmm. unholster your fucking gun and then you shoot it, right? In this, you hold a button and bring your hand upwards. I mean, I sent you a bunch of footage, so you should be able to. Yeah, like you, if if you watch on YouTube, watch this podcast on YouTube at this point. Uh, however fucking far into it it is right like fucking two and a half hours two two hours and 45 minutes alright go to that point in the YouTube and you should be watching some Half-Life Alex fucking gameplay footage but yeah you see uh, like th- that, I say that and I'm not gonna say like I, you're not it's not gonna be synced up you're not gonna be seeing me change weapons maybe maybe I'm that good whoa Anyway, um, but you hold up on the D-pad on the right-hand controller and then you drag your hand up and that's what gives you the fucking uh, pistol or you drag left and then you get the shotgun. No, holster, back holster. Like, why the fuck isn't it that way? Why am I not a physical being? Why am I teleporting a gun in my fucking hand? Right, like, why is so much of this game grounded... And then that portion isn't, right? What happened to the the fucking immersion that you've spent literally millions of dollars in R&D in developing a fucking headset for and then you've pissed away by, yeah, doing hyper video game shit? I, I, it doesn't make any sense to me. You've got a torch. You get a torch at one point because the game gets mm. super dark. 
it's it is Doom Three bad implementation of a fucking torch, right? Like if I like forget modding Half Life Alex so that people without VR can play it. Mod Half Life Alex so I can stick a fucking torch on the bottom of my tape duct tape a fucking torch on the bottom of my fucking pistol because I cannot like. First of all, you, you can't hold a torch in one hand and the gun in the other. It sticks it to the back of your hand. It mm. sticks the torch to the back of your hand, right? So you have to point with one hand and then hold with the other. But if, like, the way maybe this is different, maybe it's different on Index, and this is one of the rare moments where they completely fucked people who bought the original Vive. But if you want to teleport if you want to move right so you move with your left hand and the torch is stuck to your left hand so when you want to move you have to point at where you want to go but if you want to move further forward you like sort of drag it up and so the torch starts shining wherever the fuck your hand is pointing right and you're like okay so i want to move five meters to the front of me Oh uh, no, let's make it eight meters to the front. Okay, well now that I've now that I've tilted my hand up slightly, I can no longer see what the fuck I'm moving towards. Because my <laughs> hand isn't moving So and and worse still, you can't do the fucking can't do the like the cop. You know, like you can do the cop style, yeah. hold the torch in one hand and like yeah pistol on the other and walk in like you're a fucking you're in SWAT or some shit you can't do that because if you do you can't move forward right because if you hold you can't you can hold your gun with two hands right and and the torch actually shows where your gun is pointed right so that actually works pretty well they've done that quite Mm. well but then if you want to move Right, if you press the teleport button, right, to just sort of move in the direction you're currently heading, uh, you'll teleport off to the fucking diagonal right. Because that's where your fucking hand is pointing. So you can't do those two things at the same time. If you want to move and look with the torch, you gotta fucking You can't. You gotta choose one or the other. Either look where you're going with the torch mm. or move. <clears throat> that's it. Also, you can't turn the torch on and off at will. It turns itself on. It's magical. Except fucking, I don't know, 70% of this game is too dark to be able to see what the fuck is going on. And the torch doesn't fucking turn on. So you're just (laughs) like, like, I can't. You turn on Half-Life. I can't see shit. Yeah, like, where's the fucking F button? Give me a fucking F button. Or just, like, let me fucking bash my fucking hand until the torch comes on. I just want to be able to see what the fuck is going on in here. Ridiculous. Uh, the fucking upgrading guns thing. Why the fuck does that exist? First of all, none of the none of the gun upgrades seem that great. The first upgrade you you get the opportunity to get is a like a hollow sight for ten goobars, right? Like fucking. It's not worth ten anything. Uh, your your iron sights are good enough, uh, which is you know thankfully a lesson I learned uh, before I put one on my fucking shotgun. Um, <laughs> you got ten what bullets, a, a red dot, and your shotgun. Yeah, 
it's an option. There's four options for each weapon. But yeah, you you got fucking ten bullets in your pistol originally. Uh, and it takes five bullets to kill a, a head crab, a regular head crab. Uh, so, like, taking on two two head crabs, if you miss a shot, you're definitely going to have to reload. So then you got to go, like, fucking, oh, fuck, okay, uh, well, i got to get out of, and then you got to reload, and you press the button and reload, and you grab the fucking, your clip out, but, uh, for some reason, half the time, when I grab a fucking clip from over my shoulder, because that's where you store all your clips, I, like rip my fucking you've got like a, you can wear a gas mask <laughs> yep. you wear the gas mask because then uh head crabs can't grab on your face uh ah, works out well you, you can wear a helmet so that uh the uh tentacle things i can't remember what they're called um those things barnacles that, barnacles that's it yes so the barnacles can't grab you they grab the the hat first and that you're all good that's very cool uh, completely pointless, but anyway, so you, yeah, you go to grab a fucking, you're like getting fucking chased by some head crowds and you're like, bang, 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 okay, I missed, okay, get rid of, grab the fucking clip out of my fucking shoulder, uh, okay, I ripped my gas mask off instead, and, uh, then I chucked it at my, tried to slam it in my fucking gun, that didn't work, <laughs> obviously I then dropped, dropped the gas mask, um, so now I gotta work out, do I try to grab another clip? Or do I try to grab the gas mask before I lose that thing forever? Because I constantly lose everything I drop on the ground forever. Uh, no, nah, fuck it. I go for the clip. No, still didn't grab it. Okay. Grab. 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 I'm going for the gas mask. Because apparently I can't grab this fucking clip out. Grab the... Fling the gas mask up to my hand. Put it back on my face. The head crab's here now. I like sort of fucking bat at it with my my gun pointlessly to try to stop it from jumping on me that sort of works then i finally grab the fucking gun and then i shoot it right i grab the clip from my shoulder and i shoot yay uh like it shouldn't have been that difficult that's ludicrous it was so much more complicated than it needed to be like yeah that's that's half the challenge of the game is like I say it's the most polished that I've ever played and then I'm reminded of all the times when like really tiny things have fucked me up and it's just annoying hmm. like I think it's, I think the most telling thing is I feel like I shouldn't have spent 70 bucks on this and that's me actively not accounting for how much you would need to spend in hardware to play this game because it's not 70 Mm. bucks it's yeah 470 bucks if you buy an oculus rift s plus a computer good enough to run run the thing yeah Yeah. and so it just keeps adding on and on and obviously you can play other games other vr games uh Mm -hmm. i would heartily recommend playing boneworks especially now that there's a uh like mid-level save um Bowworks is truly one of the most phenomenal vr experiences uh it's so imaginative it's so fucking ambitious and yeah it falls short a couple of times uh Hmm. but like at least they reach for the stars right fucking 
Half-Life's over here reaching for like just above my desk basically and it's still falling short in some areas which yeah just looks so much worse to me it is yeah it's, I don't know if you liked Avatar uh, maybe you'll like Half-Life Alex. because <laughs> you've got a, a brain in for it what? So. what? <laughs> 3D TV. Yeah. 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 Um, There are multiple ways to move in the game, though, are there? Because I feel like I've seen people not teleporting. You can do different play styles. You can do, like, the moving on a thumbstick, but I don't have a thumbstick. I've just got the direction pad, and that never feels good. I I believe the index controllers have a thumbstick. So that's why oh, yeah. people tr- like choose to use that method. So yeah, yeah, like like I was saying, it might actually be one of those situations where you know it's made better for index users, and it's a complaint that they wouldn't have. But again, that's twelve people, so because uh, nobody could buy the fuck thing. So yeah, a uh, bit bit of a moot point, really. Hmm. Uh. Yeah, obviously, like you know, I've had fun, but drawing on uh, Windows, drawing on Windows, uh, <laughs> yeah, like doing goofy shit. Like there's there's definitely goofy fun to be had, but it's yeah, like I've seen those videos going around of like the one, obviously that you've done, and then like there's one on Reddit today where there's like a math teacher that's yeah. done a giant equation across the board. Uh, I've seen the one guy that's. <laughs> put all his weapons in a box and he's carrying the box around right because there's a limit on how much stuff he can carry so he's got a box with all his stuff in it and he's just carrying that around i haven't seen that one but that <laughs> that's pretty smart yep it's just a box full of crap that he's got nice or she i'm not sure yeah um yeah just interesting things like that yeah like yeah there's some interesting stuff and yeah obviously because it's vr there is like a certain degree of presence i just don't think it overcomes the i don't know the fucking buy-in right like the sheer cost that you have to spend just to get in the door is ludicrous Mm. uh and yeah the payoff is ultimately not even the best vr game i've played like I said, the most mm. polished, but yeah, not even the best VR game I've played. Um, yeah, I think it's yeah. I just think that's crazy. Do you think that's because they've been working on it for five years and they've kind of they've they've been working on stuff that was like they old technology or like old uh, ways of trying to get stuff right, and so they they they've done something that was really good five years ago, but other people have thought of new ways to do other things at this stage or like. Uh, new puzzles sort of like, like the way that bone works does stuff yeah yeah i definitely think bone like <clears throat> yeah I, I definitely think bone works has done some stuff that they just could not have been prepared for hmm. also i'm i'm pissed that i watched that fucking lecture on how they made opening fucking doors yeah opening doors in this is shit it's so annoying. It is so fucking annoying. Half the time, like how many times I've had to fucking grab a door with one hand and then teleport myself backwards so I can fucking open it outwards to myself. That is so fucking dumb. Why did, like, just, 
I don't like how is it better for my immersion that the door oh this door only opens outwards look at the look at the hinges of course it won't open both ways don't you understand how door frames work shit get the fuck out of here just let me open it outwards so I can fucking get through the door without having to teleport and fucking fiddle mm. around with this shit that's fucking ridiculous anyway yeah yeah I wonder if the game is maybe designed more on not teleporting then, because you've complained about like a lot of stuff that seems to be involved with teleporting. Um, maybe, and like you said, that the the rift, not the rift, index has these uh, directional controls on it. Maybe they they're just trying to cater to people that um, you know for everybody, but they've sort of designed it more around because teleporting just seems like a weird old solution that was there to stop people from getting like motion sick and that sort of stuff um and that was kind of always the thing that felt a bit weird to me with with vr games was like the teleporting thing which uh you know i've played some that aren't like that like your uh your your blood and what was called blood and truth yeah the playstation vr which is kind of like an on rails yeah um time crisis type thing so you still had an idea of being able to move in certain places but it wasn't like a teleport thing um so yeah i don't know i'd be interested to see like what the experience would be or how different the experience would be playing with a uh i don't know like a directional controller i guess and moving around that way as opposed to teleporting it's just teleporting is the way it seems like so immersion breaking i guess to me does um, bone walks ha- have that sort of stuff? Like, can you use a? No, I think you do the holds to walk forward type thing in bone. Oh, okay. Correctly, there's no. I, mean, I, I could do it in Half Life Alex. I guess it would just yeah also be annoying. I would be far less agile. Generally, I prefer mm. teleporting. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I fair find enough. I don't get nauseous as quickly if I'm teleporting. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we'll get your thoughts more next week once you've you've played a bit more, or if you play a bit more. Once, uh, yeah, no, uh, I'm definitely we'll going to finish there. it. But yeah, yeah. Is the story at least interesting to you at all, or is it kind of at that point where it's been so long it just <laughs> not really matters anymore? There are parts that I find pretty interesting like pretty cool like from a nostalgia uh Mm. point of view like there's definitely a sense of nostalgia going on but yeah uh i i don't think i've gotten to anything that is you know changing how i looked at half-life yet or whatever sure and it's hard to get attached as well knowing that we're never going to see half-life 3 knowing that you know this is probably the last half-life game for a long time you know it's hard to hard to care too much yeah i mean i don't know if you've been following all the ign stuff but they've been doing a lot of uh interviews with them and that was something they brought up like does this kind of open the door for you guys to work on more half-life stuff and you know uh Robin Walker, who is the the designer on um, Half Life Alex, who 
who made stuff like Team Fortress back in the day. Um, he's worked on Half-Life 2, like a, a lot of Valve stuff, Team Fortress, that that sort of thing. Um, yeah, he said that it definitely is something that they're kind of energized about and they'd love to do more Half-Life stuff. Um, <clears throat> and it sounds like they are, you know, Valve's the type of company where they can sort of work on whatever they want when they want um and it's just about whether or not that takes off so i mean it's possible we do see something resembling some sort of half-life game at some stage but just what that is exactly who knows and yeah and i'm not gonna like put any hope into that because it doesn't Mm. seem like a you know i i think it'd be better for it to wind up being a nice surprise as opposed to something that I'm hanging out for yeah yeah because in those interviews they talked about how um, they looked at other IPs to try and do something with VR when they were first doing this they, they looked at like Portal um, but Portal just didn't work with the amount of sort of interactivity um, like flinging yourself through the air it was just too <laughs> too crazy on your you know your headspace yeah um, but it seemed to do quite well, at least they thought for the Half-Life universe. But yeah, who knows? Maybe maybe this sort of opens the door for them to to look at other Half-Life games that aren't VR necessary or required. Um, yeah, but we'll see. All right, see we shall. Cool. Uh, that's it. We we'll do some news now, and then we'll get out of here. Cool. Getting long. Um, this one I just thought we could talk about. So we, we, we mentioned the Sony uh, announcement last week where they revealed a bunch of uh, hardware-specific details about the new PlayStation 5. Um, one of the details that was actually talked about uh, was the backwards compatibility. And uh, Sony has since offered a correction on that because uh, the word that was going around was that they'd have 100 games available at launch for backwards compatibility. Yeah. That information was wrong. It's actually over 4,000 games. Uh, the 100 games that they were talking about were enhanced games that would take advantage of the new hardware um, and allow you to do more with them. So whether or not that is like unlocking more frame rates or right. visual fidelity, that sort of thing. Um, so that was a clarification that they wanted to make. So it sounds like they're going to have most if not all games available to play on the um playstation 5 from launch which should be really good for people that want to bring their old libraries over yeah that's pretty good yeah um Um, that's like like i think we oh i personally let go of the the backwards compatibility thing um a couple of generations ago but yeah like it's always so good at the start of a new generation when it works yeah like i guess it, it's one of those things where for us it doesn't matter so much but if you step back from our own personal uh ability to have every fucking game console yeah uh, and write it off on tax um yeah like for people who don't have that it's actually really useful and it's very easy Mm. for me to sort of mentally dismiss but yeah like yeah 
I I don't care if a game can be enhanced. I guess. I mean, I might want to play Spider Man while being able to web swing uh, the way you always should have been able to. But you know, apart from that. I mean, there's stuff like uh, games as a service with your sing stars or your guitar heroes being able to bring all those stuff across with you, and not having to drag around your True. your PlayStation Four or whatever it is that you've got it on. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then also the the probability of being like, oh, I want to play um, God of War, God of War, on uh, 140 frames a second. Let's let's do that. <laughs> let's see what that looks like, as opposed to what is it? Does it run at 60 on the PlayStation 4 Pro, something like that? Um, yeah. Depending on what mode you're running on. So if they're going to be doing things like that, then that stuff could be interesting. Like going back and playing uh, Red Dead Redemption. Or um, you know, at what stage are they like? All right, we're gonna we're gonna put our control on the PlayStation Five. It's just gonna be an update, and it's also got ray tracing now. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I just don't think it's necessary. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, um, the other thing I want to mention is like, when are we gonna get a reveal? What? what when does this thing? Mm. What's it look like? were they planning on doing it at e3 or before e3 you know sometimes they like to get the specs and the look of it away from the e3 sort of presentation so they don't linger too much on that but with e3 sort of out of the equation now um are they still playing with that same timeline Uh, are we gonna see it in the next two months or has that kind of put a you know a new perspective on what they're gonna do What, what do you think um yeah no i i I think the coronavirus element is a far bigger uh hitch in the plan than uh than yeah e3 specifically do do you think they would rather get a lot of units out at a specific time rather than having yeah um you know waiting periods on people because at the same time, that could draw... You remember what happened with the, the Wii, right? Yeah. With with people trying to get the Wii, you couldn't you couldn't buy it because it was sold out everywhere. I had that... I think I had that problem. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, you know, the supply and demand type thing, making it the hottest thing out there, that could work in their favor as well. Yeah. Uh, it could. Uh, I think with, you know, the way the economy is going... It hmm. might not be uh, sure. the best plan, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it'll be very interesting to see along the way. I, I think even if they do, uh, you know, wait to have as many units as possible out at once, they might still yeah. run into similar problems. I think they're just going to have a tough time building enough units in yeah. general. So, yeah. Um, the other thing that we didn't touch on last week, which was uh, at this stage, it looks like Microsoft has the upper hand in terms of hardware, um, other than the uh, the proprietary SSD stuff that they're doing with Sony uh, PlayStation Five, which is like the it's like two times quicker than anything that's sort of out there um, for for hard drive capabilities. They're talking speeds quicker than like M2 drives at this stage, stuff that's not available yet. Um, so like, what does, what does Sony need to do to get the upper hand? And I think that is the games that they want. Um, they need to come out with 
big game announcements. And I think they've got the best chance of doing that because we know that so, uh, Sony's got some really good studios behind them, whereas Microsoft has only started bringing those studios on board the last like year and a half. Uh, and I think that's too early for them to be like, oh, here's all the games that they've got. I think they'll come out and be like, here's the new Halo. Yeah. Right. Halo, what is it? Guardians or? Infinite. Infinite. Let's go with that. Um, whereas I think Sony's got enough studios behind them. That they And I think the two games they'll come out with, which, which will be Horizon Zero Dawn 2, yep. whatever that is. Mm. And uh, I think Spider-Man 2 will be the big surprise. I think they're going to come out with Spider-Man 2. As a not 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 a not a a launch window game, but a here's what's coming out in the next two years or the next year and a half, because um, both of those studios stopped working on titles. Spider Man was 2018. Uh, Gorilla stopped working on or well, finished Horizon in like 2017. So it's like three three years back. They're probably due for a new game quite soon in the next year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Uh... It feels like, I guess, feels like it's pretty soon to have another Spider-Man, but uh, when you put it like that, that kind of makes sense. And yeah. Spider-Man is that game that they've been showcasing. You know, it, there's a bit of a technology-wise, yeah, technology-wise, so that would also make sense. Mm. Uh, that'd be rad. I'd play the fuck out of it. Yeah, um, I feel like they they would hold off on the. Obviously, the God of War stuff, um, whatever Sony Sony Santa Monica is working on, like that's the type of game that you could be like, we'll hold that one back, but we'll we'll come out with a new Spider Man um, and a new Horizon Zero, New Dawn or whatever they want to call it, uh, and then yeah, like try and get people in with the games as opposed to the hardware, yeah. because people want to play it for the games. <laughs> yeah, but this yeah. That's where I think they win this next generation. Um, maybe they just go all out and they tease it and you got a war as well. But Sony is pretty much on board with having all their current gen stuff out really soon. You've got The Last of Us 2 out soon. Ghost of Tsushima is this year as well. Like all of this stuff is coming out before yeah. the, uh, the next PlayStation and we don't know what's coming out after that. Yeah. True. So I think if they just, they just, here's what we got in the next year and it's a stupid lineup of games, um, then that's how they end up winning at least the start of this next generation by being so far behind on the, the hardware specs. So, yeah. Yep. So far behind. Extremely far behind. 8%. Um, all right. And next up, we've got uh, GameStop has over here in the US decided to finally close their stores after being told they're not an essential service. Um Instead, they've got curbside pickup for a bunch of their stuff now. Right. So if you want to buy physical purchases. And I don't know, man. I feel like this is a really big issue for them. Like game sales already was a... um, Seen a lot of problems with GameStop in particular, closing down a bunch of Game Informer um, as an outlet. Yep. uh, Getting rid of a bunch of stores. Like they're struggling big time already. Uh, to the point where like Reggie's been brought in as part of a board member, uh, so the ex ex president of Nintendo, yep, um, to try and help a bunch of this stuff, and they didn't do a good job of handling this PR backlash no. over the last week by keeping their stores open, um, not giving 
employees really good recommendations of what they should be doing throughout this these or issues. Enough resources to you know to manage it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, they've had a lot of backlash, and they finally decided that they're going to close up a bunch of their stores, which is something that hasn't seemed to happen back home in Australia yet, right? Um. Well, yeah, but that's you know sort of part of the yeah the broader situation here, I guess. Hmm. Um, EB, EB stores have always like have been doing way better than GameStop for ages now, right? And I think they pivoted to uh, pop culture, Funko and, Pops, like a lot, yeah, basically a lot quicker <laughs> than um, than GameStop did. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, generally, you know, we had the EB Games Expo and stuff. I think they've just done a better job of uh, selling people on EB Games is games type thing. Sure. Yeah. Right. Mm. That's it. That's news. Not a lot. A couple of things to talk about. That was about uh, all we could scrape for. Um, We got some questions. Yes, we do. Let's do it. Uh, First of all... Racy asked in the general channel, is Superhot still king of VR? Uh, he didn't ask in the questions channel, uh, which is, you know, disgusting, and it drives me bananas, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> I Superhot, like, if you have just gotten a VR headset, uh, Luke bought one. Luke bought... Luke, Luke's got those that American money, and the Australian dollar is so fucking bad at the moment. <laughs> that he bought a VR headset from Australia for, I think, like, fucking 40 cents or something. Um, Anyway, when yours arrives, so I sent it via Australia Post, so whenever the fuck... For a... uh, I buy my own Oculus. Yeah. I buy my Um, own VR company. That's it, yeah. An Australian VR company. It's all his now. Um, But, yeah, if you did did get a VR headset for uh, Half-Life Alex, super hot VR is... 100% 100% a must play it's a must play game and uh, so too is Boneworks I think Boneworks is yeah right up there there's yeah there's a bunch I want to check out the, the room VR is coming out soon right yeah you're talking about this right like no that's... yeah it's a game I've played a bunch before um, it's, it's actually out tomorrow oh okay cool nice uh, I'll check that out I've got this game Paper Fire Rookie uh, which I believe is a firefighting game uh, made by an Australian uh-huh. uh, studio that I'm going to check out. I'm very excited to check that out. Are you going to play some, some Bridge Command, some Star Trek? No, definitely not. Because um, no. I don't care about Star Trek. Fisherman's <laughs> Tale, I've talked about that one before. That one is phenomenal. Um, Gorn's always good. Uh, oh, and Duck Season. Yeah. Uh, you got to play Duck Season. Crazy game. Anyway... Um, but super, I, I'd say Superhot and Boneworks clash for, like, yeah, they go back and forth as kings of VR. Um, all right, Baz writes in the questions channel, so he's not the worst. Um, in regards to Doom, I have to agree it has been better. Uh, it has been reviewed better than it should have. Basically, all your points are spot on, especially the story. It's touted as fast-paced, high-adrenaline shooter. Then they expect you to stand there doing nothing to listen to the NPC. Any other game, you run off and it continues with you. 
Anyway, I digress. In regards to difficulty in games, Doom specifically, unless you absolutely love the game, why bother playing it on the hardest difficulty? Yeah. You made this point about Witcher 3, and I couldn't have agreed with you more. In the early days of console gaming, it made sense. You could boast to your mates, I'm better than you at games. I finished it on Ultra Nightmare God Mode. However, with the rise of PvP games, I feel that the competitive itch for myself, anyways, has largely been scratched. You also have a much better platform to prove yourself and potentially boast to your mates, colleagues, or whatever. When I play single-player games, I choose the easiest difficulty unless it adds something to the game. I still get the experience and don't waste hours of time playing it on the hardest difficulty. I don't consider doubling the HP and damage of an enemy adding interesting mechanics to the game. It's just an OP bullet sponge. I've also noticed game journalists being crucified for not playing on hard difficulties. Why? And the reviewers dismissed if they don't. Sounds like gatekeeping. It's a pretty interesting one. Uh, I 100% agree. Uh, especially Doom, I don't think is worth... I don't think play... Like, you don't get anything in particular. I think you get a... I think you get a Slayer skin uh, for each level of difficulty that you finish the game on. Uh, but you don't get yeah. an achievement or anything. Uh, yeah, you get like a... I think you get a... You'd probably do it with cheats on as well. Nightmare. Yeah, you probably could. Um... Yeah, like there's there's just no impetus to actually finish it in that that manner. Like, what what I don't see what you get out of it. Um, and like I I play yeah I liked playing through on uh, Doom Eternal and Ultra Violence hmm. uh, because it felt like the right balance. Uh, I I I played it on Nightmare during the preview session. And like you were saying, you know, it just felt like enemies took too many hits. And so, yeah, I wasn't... I think that was one of the other things. I don't know if we touched on it much, but Doom Eternal, I felt, didn't really ever make you feel like you're a fucking badass demon slayer, right? Like, it really struggled. They they constantly ramped up the complexity of the enemies that you were facing off with. And I even felt like, towards the end... uh, like there were a lot more a lot fewer basic super basic enemies like cannon fodder there was a lot less cannon fodder and so Mm. that ramp of power never really happened because the demons ramped in power alongside with you which i think is a little bit of a a shame a, a bit of a missed opportunity because what it winds up doing is making you never feel overpowered and i think rip and tear as a philosophy you need to feel like you are the fucking yeah. doomslayer so when i went back uh and played through a couple of levels with cheats on just to see what that would do and i'm running around with like infinite anima in the unmaker and that thing just fucking minces things right i'm running through like just fucking like that fucking that was amazing and that felt that was like moving at the pace that i felt like it should be in shit right like um, it reminded me of actually a lot of Painkiller, and I think that's yeah. that's one game that always I always felt nailed that sense of power, that sense of power, like the power climb. Um, that I don't think Doom Eternal necessarily, uh, um, yeah, succeeded at, at doing. But yeah, I don't think there's any. Yeah, I one hundred percent agree. I don't think there's any reason to play single player games on any harder difficulty than what you want um and yeah there's there shouldn't be it i i remember going to the call of duty uh review events mm-hmm. 
and uh, I would pants every single cunt. Every single... Like, people would literally, like, complain when they were matched into a game against me. Uh, and, and Nate as well. Uh, and they, like, they'd be upset because they were getting... They were facing off against the two dudes with the Oz clan tag. And then afterwards we'd be talking about playing through the campaign and they'd be heaping shit on me because I didn't play through on hardened or whatever the fucking second hardest or hardest difficulty it was that they played through it on like oh you didn't even play through on the second hardest the hardest difficulty and I'm like I played through it on the default this is a review event why wouldn't I play through on the default difficulty that like you I don't understand what you're talking I wouldn't even touch on the fact that I would pants every single fucking one of them in the multiplayer, right? Then we didn't even get to that. Uh, it was just, it's, hmm. you, you review the default experience? Yeah, the way most people are going to play it. <laughs> but if you want, we could always just, we could always yeah. jump back in the multiplayer room and we'll see yeah. if I, like, I don't know, have you learned a lot from playing through on the hardest difficulty or... Are you significantly better now? Yeah. Or? I uh, I review cars, but I don't drive it in drive. I just drive it in reverse because I'm that good at driving. <laughs> you not? Are you not? Are you not driving cars in reverse? Or <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, no, uh, yeah, that one, that one always uh, got me pretty good. It was uh, it's always pretty hilarious. Uh, game journalists being crucified for not playing it. Yeah, like, but that that like. Not playing on harder difficult. What what's going on there is people are searching for reasons to discount the opinions of people who they feel uh, like when like people attach too much to themselves to a game. So when I say that Doom twenty sixteen could be better, right? People attach their identity to loving Doom, and then like, oh, he's saying I could be better, uh, but he didn't even finish it on Ultra Nightmare, so. Who could be better now? That's what's going on there. You know, like they're attached too much of themselves to to the idea of the game being good and they take it as a personal affront whenever you say the game, you know, could use improvement. Uh, ignoring the idea that, you know, we could all use improvement. You know, I'm the best game reviewer in the world. There's no argument about that. Everyone understands that to be a fact, but I could still be better. I like, I could st- I still recognize that there are areas where I could be better than... I already am, you know. I'm, that's one thing me and Michael Jordan share, you know. Uh, the constant recognition that we could always be better. Anyway, thanks for giving me the opportunity to brag about myself. Um, any thoughts, Luke? Uh, I forgot what the, what the question was. <laughs> you just went on for. Um, uh why why do game journalists get crucified when they play on uh not playing on not playing on the hard difficulties and uh and why would you bother playing yeah. on on harder difficulties in general yeah yeah agree with everything you say i i generally play everything on on default like the way it's meant to be played i did play on uh uh doom eternal and ultra nightmare for ultra violence for like three quarters of it until i eventually just switched off because like i just want to get this game done right Once <laughs> like, because i was dying i'm just like the last quarter of the game there's nothing left for you to find yeah. anyway right like you've already got all the weapons you're like right well okay well and you've seen all the enemies Pete, i saw someone on reddit 
talking about how good it was in Doom Eternal that you see that I think it's is it the tyrant? You see two tyrants in a Slayer room before you before ever you. encounter them in the yeah. normal game, and they're like, "That is so genius." I'm like, "How the fuck is that genius? <laughs> That's insane." That robs the game of its natural progression. Oh my god! Mm. Whatever, whatever. No, that's cool. Yeah, no, it's great. Anyway, da Naz, Naz, yeah, da Naz says honestly, I think Job should be playing on the easiest because he because he's not good at games, right? Uh, <laughs> Correct. Yep, that's me. Uh, it's true. It's true. I'm. I'm bad at games. I'm great at reviews. I'm bad at games. It is, you know, my curse. Uh, it's, you know, it's my burden. I carry it. Uh, like I carry Bambinos through games of fucking Warzone. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, All right. Be- that was pretty rhetorical, by the way. The Nuggles. Nuggles. I had it before. Nuggles. Did he change his name nice. because you were saying it wrong? Is that what was going on? Maybe. But now I'm saying it correctly, so... Uh, we just getting trolled. Uh, it's, it's hard to tell. Um, hmm. Anyway, that's the podcast. Thanks for questions. Thanks for the questions. That's the podcast. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Android, Windows Store, Spotify, YouTube, all those wonderful places where you can get podcasts. We're under The Gap, The GA Podcast, The Gap Podcast. Please uh, rate and review the show if you've got, like, 20 seconds helps other people find it you can send us questions if you want to via our email the ga podcast at gmail.com or you can go to our discord page which is the gapodcast.com slash discord you can jump in uh, we got a bunch of voice channels in there people playing games someone's in there now playing looks like a modern warzone warzone looks like warzone yep um otherwise you can leave us questions like uh like was it baz baz and tangas <laughs> Um, Dan Gaz Uh, you can also find our Facebook page facebook.com slash GA podcast we're on Twitter as well which is twitter.com slash GA podcast you go to our YouTube page the GA podcast.com slash YouTube you can check out our podcast on that including uh, we've been putting some videos up of games we've been playing last week was I can't remember Doom and yeah I put some Warzone I think you sent me some Warzone footage? Pretty sure I did, yes. Yeah, and uh, I put some of mine up there as well. I think it was one game where you and I won. Oh, yeah. Um, and another game where I rocketed somebody's car. I think that one was in there. And then a game you sent me. I don't remember what it was, but... I don't know. Oh, sure it was, was it your want, your win? When your your game freaked out? Oh, when it, when it potatoed. Maybe. Was it that one? Yeah, it could have been. I can't remember. That was pretty good. Um, and then I put some... Uh, yeah, Doom Eternal stuff in there as well. Uh, yeah, nice. it, it was a little bit <laughs> past the halfway mark because that's all I had. So I was like, fuck it. <laughs> it's going in. Nobody gives a shit about the story anyway, uh, except for super nerds. Yep. So go check that out. This week, I'll have some more um, Half-Life Alex in there. Job sent me a bunch of Half-Life stuff. True. So I'll chuck, chuck some of that in there. Oh, and Bleeding Edge. Yeah, I, I uh, recorded a bunch of Bleeding Edge as well. Cool. So that'll be in there. Anyway, that's... Uh, on our YouTube page, thegapodcast.com slash YouTube. And you can go to our website, which is thegapodcast.com. It's got links to everything we talked about today, including past episodes of the show. And if you'd like to support that website, you can go to patreon.com 
slash geopodcast. Thank you to everyone that, that helps support the show. I uh, greatly appreciate that. Helps pay the bills for the podcast. And, and like, and bearing in mind that, you know, belts are tightening around the world. You don't have to. You don't have to. If you can't afford it, don't hurt yourself or your family to support this crazy, dumb podcast. Uh, take care of yourself first. But uh, yep. we are unbelievably grateful, and you do immensely help us keep this thing going. Stop yep. us from getting, uh, as the Australian government would say, DDoSed. Uh, <laughs> DDoSed, yes. Which is, you know, the term that you use whenever you have, you know, any traffic to a site uh, that you're not prepared for bandwidth-wise. You just call it being DDoSed. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and we we got to get on a spoiler cast at some stage too. Whether or not that's a game or a uh, a movie, I don't yep. know. We'll figure that out. There's no movies coming out though anymore. So, uh, um, Doom <laughs> Annihilation, <laughs> a Doom Annihilation. Uh, no, no. I'm okay. sorry, not enough money oh, in the world right. oh, for that right. one. <laughs> maybe maybe once do, you play uh, Half Life, Alex, we can do that. Or we could do Doom Annihilation and Doom, the original Doom. Oh yeah, yeah. Might do that. I'd happily just rewatch the original doom okay yeah we'll think about it all right um yeah so uh i don't know we'll see what happens there otherwise you got anything you'd like to pimp out for this week got some stuff going up yeah go read my uh my opinion piece on about why loadouts need to be nerfed in uh on ign uh i uh it's up now i got i got sent an email I uh, just want to um, the the top comment at the moment. Just want to read it out because it's the best. Uh, TKEGB861, uh, obviously a real name, uh, writes OIGN specifically Joan Gilroy, shaking my head. <laughs> One simple statement: Get good, son. It's so almost every single excuse and complaint that you've listed here. Most of us aren't limited by choice by our perks or loadout drops. Most of us have methodically picked our loadout and drops based on what we have encountered in game. That is literally what I... Cold-blooded and overkill with an AR, SNR, both with thermal sights are musts and most of us... Run that setup regardless of whether or not we are playing Warzone or not. Oh my god. That is literally what I spent 1,900 words. Or what I spent 3,100 words. But what you will have should have read 1,900 words arguing about. If you don't like it, don't bitch about it. Just don't play. Simple and easy to remember. Great comment, TKEGB861. Really, uh, I, I, I just love comments. <laughs> <laughs> uh especially yeah definitely ones from people who clearly read what i wrote that's uh it's always good anyway uh so yeah go check sounds, that out sounds like you're gonna have a lot of fun tonight oh, comments it's gonna be another rip-roaring adventure in the realm <laughs> of reading comments is this joan 7.1 out of 10 you're right i'm i'm just glad they call me joan gilroy so that they hopefully don't make the connection Oh no! Did they actually call you Joan in the article? In the no, no, just in the uh, just that comments. But uh, no, uh, when when they were doing the edits, when they were doing the edits, they're like, um, one one of the editors 
said to me, oh, so I just want to be clear, um, you know, so you don't feel like we're chopping out all, all this stuff. All I'm trying to do is uh, rephrase some of your stuff so that you don't face any unnecessary criticism. And I reply with, I wrote the Doom 2016 review for you guys, so I'm already pretty familiar with uh, unnecessary criticism because I was right about that game. And, uh, yeah, uh, I didn't get a response. But um, anyway, yeah, good times. They're good trying times. to figure out still who, uh, who who gave you the green light now. <laughs> this, this guy. The Doom guy's back. This, the Doom guy's back on the escalator again. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, good times, good times. Um, you can find me at Survivor.com this week. I got my control, uh, the foundation review going up. Mm. It'll be up by the time you hear this. So there awesome. you go. Cool. Otherwise, you can find me at Twitter.com slash Luke Laurie. And I'm at Joby Jojo. Nice. Um, okay, next week. I don't know what we're doing next week. Uh, I've got one Is game that I'm allowed to talk about yet, but... Uh, oh, secrets. Should be pretty cool. I'm going to play nice. a bunch more of it later on. And yep. otherwise, more Half-Life Alex, some uh, Paper Fire Rookie. Oh, yeah. And uh, theoretically, your headset might have arrived. Your Oculus might have arrived by then. Yeah, we'll see. I, uh, I have no idea how long this stuff takes. Uh, it said when I sent it, four to five days. Yeah. But maybe that, that's business days. I don't know. It would still be there by then, right? I don't know. Anyway. Uh, we'll see. Maybe a bit lucky. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye.